Hello and welcome to Cocktails and Comics. Com comics. Blow that every time. <laughs> what are you drinking again? <laughs> and I'm not drinking. Uh, I so am. He says. <laughs> I am Tim Elliott, and with me I have Brian Hughes. Heidi Ho. And John Hyatt. Hey there, everyone. And we hope to have David joining us later. Kirk is unfortunately is on the road and will not be joining us tonight, but we wish him well on his and, way and, to his mom's birthday. Yeah. And, and oh, that's right. And, and I want to state for the record, I said Heidi Ho, not Heine Ho. <laughs> so I'm going to work, ask for clarification about that earlier today. Again, I don't know why I said it. It's just hmm. maybe that's the reason why. It's a festive greeting, you know? Yeah. Now, yeah. To, just so y'all know, I started a while ago uh, with uh, Michelob Ultra, and I'm going to stick with Michelob Ultra through the evening. Um, so probably we'll get a little buzz here. Actually, I think it kind of got a little buzz already going, so uh, it won't take long to get there. All right. And what are you uh, what are you drinking, John? Uh, my standard rum and coke. Mm. I like it. Hey, I stick with what I like. Is it Bacardi? What kind of rum are you drinking? Uh, no, I like Jerry's Spice. Oh. Uh, Sailor Jerry, sorry. Sailor Jerry's. Oh, Sailor's I've spice. had that, yeah. I've had that because I used that when I made, I think, a zombie. You had to use spice rum. And now I just hear that guy from Seinfeld. It's the best, Jerry. The best. <laughs> <laughs> well, tonight we don't really have, uh, we haven't recorded in a while, so we kind of wanted to get together and we couldn't do a regular recording uh, because Kirk's out of town, but. We, uh, we thought we'd get together in the last... Uh, Kirk's in the alternate universe. That's right. It's, it's evil mirror Kirk with a, must, with a goatee. Yes. Uh, last couple of times we tried to record, I know I had trouble with Kirk. My recording didn't come out, and you guys recorded when I was out of town, and there was a, some kind of computer glitch. So My, my audio didn't record at all, so it, yeah. you, you would have had a lot of dead, dead air. Dead air. <laughs> dead air, yeah. So it, it just didn't work out, you know. Uh, so we're hopefully this is, and I had some technical issues already today, but hopefully yeah. everything so seems to be going okay. This, if, if you're hearing this, that means we got them all resolved. Yeah, we if got it all resolved. If you're hearing this, then, then we're having trouble. <laughs> but if you're not hearing it, you're not hearing it. Then you won't know anything about it. Yeah. What? But. What? What? <laughs> is everybody confused yet? <laughs> uh, I, don't, I, I don't think we have an agenda about what to talk about. I know... Uh, Brian, you're talking a little off. I can't talk about Black Widow. Well, I you kind of. You were giving us your, your impressions. I mean, don't give yeah. spoilers, but you were giving us your impression of the film. You seemed to like it. Yeah, I really, really liked it. Um, you know, I, if I was to sit there and, and, and I don't have an order of my Marvel movies, um, but I would say it, it probably falls somewhere behind Captain America First Avenger, but close behind. It, it, it really hit me in the feels. And um, I really liked the performance of uh, Florence Pugh, uh, who plays, you know, the, the you know, Natasha's sister. Uh, I mean, but everybody that was in it was really good. I, you know, I'll watch. Um, uh, golly, and I'm blanking on his name now. Red Guardian, uh, David Harbor. I David will watch Harbor. David Harbor read the phone book. Now I won't watch Hellboy, uh, just because I don't want to see him in something that wasn't any good. But, See, most, <laughs> most people would say the same thing of Scarlett Johansson. They would, you know, they would watch her read the phone book. Uh, well, it depends on what she's wearing. 
wait, wait, wait. <laughs> hey. said watch her. <laughs> well, like, watch no, her, I, listen to her. I, I did actually watch uh, a very short YouTube video with her. I say short, it's probably about 20 minutes, uh, where she was on Hot Ones, uh, a first we feast uh, interview show with Sean Evans, where he he and the guest eat 10 um, chicken wings. And as, as you each eat, eat each wing, they get progressively hotter in spice, going from like, you know, a couple hundred Scoville ratings all the way up to over a million Scoville rating, where they have the Carolina Reaper type pepper sauce in there. And um, so I, I sat, sat and watched her do that one. And I thought she was actually rather entertaining. She was very funny. Um, and I could not make heads or tails out of the clothes that she was wearing. It was so bizarre. <laughs> so you'd have to check that one out. It's on YouTube. First we feast Scarlett Johansson or hot one. Yeah, I've watched, right. uh, I watched uh, a couple of those. I watched one with Bill Burr. Yeah. Pa- um, Paul Rudd is really good in his because he actually turns the tables on the interviewer and starts asking him questions. <laughs> And they don't, and it's funny because Paul Rudd doesn't even eat, uh, he doesn't eat chicken. He's not a full vegetarian or vegan, but all they had was like breaded um, cauliflower. Yeah. And so that's what they did. They they ate breaded cauliflower in the various hot sauces. And you know, I, I hate I hate this trend of let's make cauliflower into a pseudo food, and it's it's, <laughs> it's the it is. It's this. It's a low. It's a low carb, yeah. uh, keto uh, alternative, and they think that, yeah, this is a great substitute. What is this would be substitute for any kind of carbs or bread or anything, and it just doesn't work. I mean, now, I'd it, rather. It's really funny because that you mentioned that because another thing that's on that same YouTube channel is uh, they have pizza wars. And um, they've done all sorts of different types of, of, of pizza. And, of course, obviously, one of the popular things to make as a pizza crust is a cauliflower crust. Yeah. But what this gal did was she made a pizza crust out of popcorn. Now, that I could get behind. And it, it was really interesting because when she did it, she, of course, made the, the popcorn crust. And then she put the cheese on it, and the cheese would melt through the popcorn and caramelize on the bottom and just make that delicious so that's one of the mm. things christopher and i are going to try this weekend if uh, if we get the time is to make a, a popcorn crust pizza well we found a little when we were in san diego last weekend when we uh, met up with john and his lovely husband fred who are excellent hosts so if you get a chance to hang out with the locals in san diego they'll take you to a, they took us to a great place for uh lunch Mm-hmm. And we went to uh, where did we go, John? Uh, we tried to go to the lighthouse, and it was we tried to go booked. up to the the lighthouse, uh, but the line was too long because it was Fourth of July weekend, and I didn't realize it would be. But uh, so then we ended yeah, up um, visiting my, the my, my dad had cemetery instead. Yeah. Oh, wow. No, I was saying my dad had booked up the place because he had taken my uncle Joe out for his 89th birthday, nice. which was which was that week also. So uh, my dad was out there the same time you guys were out there. Oh, oh cool. Yeah. We found a little pizza place. I don't remember the name of it. It was in uh, Ocean Beach. We were coming back, and we said, well, we're cheating. Let's get some pizza because pizza sounded good. So we went in there, and they had we got calzones instead, but they had these mm. monstrous. They were almost like 
a large pizza they just flipped over, taco style and sealed. Um, so was that Fat Tony's? No, it wasn't Fat Tony. It was okay. um, I don't honestly don't remember the name. It was kind of a little hole in the wall place, but it was uh, we ate outside, so Bonnie could be with with us. Um, and it was nice, you know. It was uh, San Diego one. It was just the weather was was perfect. It was a little overcast. Um, the Saturday we were there, but it was like high of 75 or something like that. We had a nice breeze. So it was a big change from the 115 degrees that we've got here in Vegas. But, awesome. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. The, the thing is, Fat Tony's isn't a chain. But when you go to any major metropolitan area, you will find a hole-in-the-wall Italian restaurant named Fat Tony's. <laughs> it's like a law that they're required to have one. I don't know. But it's always good. We, we found one in San Antonio. I found one in Houston. And I think there was even one in um, Wichita Falls. But wow. they had nothing to do with each other. But they were all really yeah. good. Uh, since we're talk, kind of talking moose, have either of you seen Fast 9 or F9 or whatever it's called? Uh, the latest Fast and Furious no. film? No. No. Now, can you watch it on streaming or is it only in the theaters? I don't think oh, it's streaming. I, I think it's only in theaters now. I have I a couple questions for Brian. If, um, if we can, when we can circle back to Black Widow or... No, no. Go, go, yeah, talk about Black Widow. Do you want right. to finish Fast Nine or? No, no, no. I was just, I was just. If you hadn't oh. seen it, I mean, I we went and saw it, um, and it is is absolutely gosh darn stupid. Um, it's, <laughs> you know, and if you if you plan on seeing, it, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who's listening and hadn't seen it, but it's it's kind of gone off the rails. You know, the well, term "jumping the shark" doesn't really describe what they, this franchise has done now. They went off the rails after the third. All right. The first one, of course, Fast and Furious, Paul Walker, Vin Diesel, and, and basically it's a remake of Point Break, but with cars. Yeah. And and it was an entertaining movie for what it was. Uh, episode. The second one, of course, was Too Fast, Too Furious, and had no Vin Diesel. It had Tyrese Gibson, and it was the buddy movie from Hell. Mm-hmm. And then the third one, Tokyo Drift, didn't even have any of those guys. It had Vin Diesel in it for five seconds. But it was the kid from Sling Blade, and he had to go to Tokyo and learn how to drift. Yeah. And it, but it was very entertaining, and that kid, he's very charismatic, so it's, it was a good movie. But after that, it instead of being, you know, the, the cars doing the, 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 the illegal drag racing, it became heist movies. Well, it became, right, it was, and, and F4 kind of starts that. F5 mm-hmm. is, I think, what sets the pattern. And you start getting guest stars like Jason Statham, Kurt Russell, yeah. Wayne Johnson. Well, it's the yeah, and it's the here's here's this movie's villain. At the end, you know, I'm the villain. I'm gonna be the villain. I'm gonna do villainous things. And at the end, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have a, a, a turn. And now the next movie, I'm your buddy, and we're gonna work together. So yeah, that and is, so been, so the conversation then goes like this. You know, Loki, I have an army. And you know, Stark is like, we have a whole Hulk, and Vin Diesel's like, we have family. <laughs> okay, okay. The bad guy's like, I've got a new. Yeah, but we've got family. Well, the, I think the, and I've heard somebody say this, so this is not my original idea, but that the 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 heart of the the series really was Paul Walker, and I think Vin Diesel thinks it's him, so it's becoming more and more. That's why the Rock's not anymore because those two those two egos couldn't 
couldn't stay in the same room. Uh, you know, when, when they first started it, um, Vin Diesel thought that it was his responsibility to teach The Rock how to act. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, well, I mean, it's not like either one of them are, are, are master actors, but um, definitely I think, male, although. <laughs> yeah, but I think The Rock has a little more. He can. I don't think Vin Diesel can really play comedy. He plays it straight in everything he's in, mm-hmm. uh, and straight and serious. Now, The Rock can play both. He's got. A, I think he's got a good sense the for Rock comedic is timing. The biggest star on the planet right now. He's Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger twenty years later. You know. I yeah. mean, And and so yeah, you get those guys in the room. It's just going to be a clash, and you just you know, that's why they they separated and did Hobbs and Shaw and and all yeah. that. But, but, you know, I mean, the thing is, the movies are, are fun. They're popcorn fodder. And, but, you know, I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter is with me is that when I sit there and I think about the franchise after the third one, I can't tell you what happened in any of them after that. The fourth well, one. Well, it's, on. it's right. If you, if you, if you watch the first one, there are these, these street toughs that are stealing VCRs. Mm-hmm. And now they all know, they all can, they're like masterly trained uh, international spies. They can hack anything. They can beat up anybody. They can do anything with a car. Uh, and anyth- anything has to be t- done with a car. It's like, here's your mission. It's like, well, how can we work a car into it? Well, we don't need a car. You know, you're going to be doing this. No, no, we got to work a car into it somehow. Let's so, fly a car from one building to another. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's almost. Remember the TV show Mask? The cartoon? With all the guys and had the cars mask, uh, you know, no, it stood for M A S K stood for something. Um, I think but, I never. I just like saw an ad for it in comic books, but I never saw the show itself. It was kind of like a GI Joe, uh, and they all had cars that would then transform into something else. They put their helmet on, and their car would turn into something like a yeah. flying car or something. Then they would go off and do. That's what uh, the, the the Fast and Furious franchise has become because it's it's just. And for some, why I can't, I can suspend my disbelief for like five and six, but then by the time it gets to nine, we were just, Fanula and I were just rolling our eyes uh, the whole time we were at the thing. And, and, and you know, it's, it's a good film if you want to sit and watch it and drink and kind of MST it. Yeah. Just pick it apart, make comments. But Yeah, it's funny. Um, you know, I mentioned the, the flying car from one building to another. And I was like, it's like, it's a bit. Didn't Tommy Lee Jones already do that? He did that in Black Moon Rising. Black Moon Rising, and in when Linda Hamilton was in that also, wasn't mm-hmm. she? Yeah. Um, golly, and, and the the only thing I remember Black Moon Rising from, aside from the car going from one building to another, was the fact that the car he drove around in was a Dodge Daytona, mm-hmm. or a Chrysler Laser. You couldn't really tell, you know, by the frame. It's all the exact same thing. Yeah. But what was funny was every time they'd show him in the car, they'd be playing the sound of a V8 revving in the background. You know, <laughs> it wasn't. And that thing was like a four four cylinder transaxial turbocharged engine. It sounded like a you know like a whiny little <laughs> yeah, squirrel. Like an airplane, like an yeah. airplane engine. I like that movie. That movie is kind of uh, it's kind of forgotten. But um... I I'd only watched it the once back in the eighties. But I it, did, it was at least memorable for that. And uh, Tommy Lee Jones uh, was, you know, that was the first thing I think I'd ever seen him in. I'd never watched any of the, the 1776 or the other missioner shows that apparently he was in. You didn't see him in Coal Miner's Daughter? That's what uh, I, usually no. brought him to everybody's. 
No, no, did not, did not see that. But you know, again, back to Fast and Furious. You know, it it is what it is, and you're going to get the same thing out of it every time. It's just, what's the spectacle of this one? What's the spectacle? Yeah, abs- of that? absolutely. And I, I don't, I don't begrudge anybody who likes it because you know I, I, I like plenty of crap myself. And but... people love Vin Diesel just you know sitting there telling everybody how it is. Yeah, and he gets and to just, do it at least he, once he, a movie. And he's become superhuman, you know, and they become where they they take they take damage that should have killed them several times over and they just kind of roll away maybe they got a little bit of scuff scuff mark on them or a little bit of blood from the corner of their mouth okay you want to talk about that talk about john wick and um i recently just i acquired all three of the movies uh through voodoo because they were on sale and uh have you watched those movies i love the john wick films and i do too but you know, in watching them back to back, like I did recently, uh, I did kind of start seeing a few things that just you know, like number one, the, the amount of damage that he takes in the course of a few hours and a few days is just insane. That that nobody could keep going as long and as far as he did, because the movies themselves, the the first and second movie take place what four hours apart from each other and then the third one takes place four days yeah there's not a big the the whole thing takes yeah the whole thing takes place like over a week his face keeps healing like almost instantly healing so if you watch his face you'll see like he gets cuts here and there he gets blood and all that and and you know next you know next scene all of a sudden his face is clean or he's washed himself and apparently the scars have sealed up (laughs) but the other thing is he is the only person that shoots anybody in the head. Nobody else shoots at the head, and they all wait for him to get within about 10, 15 feet before they actually try to kill him. Because they could have a long shot you know, at him, but they, they don't. And John is real quiet. Uh, John, are you okay? Or you have no interest in John Wick? Um, I'm just, it's not in my wheelhouse, so I'm just listening ah. to you guys. But, you know, it's like I said, it's like if anybody had done a nice long shot or just what shot him in the head, that'd be it. But then again, that'd be it. That's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. And I've got a great idea for a phone app that uh, works with John Wick. And uh, so I need to find somebody to to get this idea rolling. uh, Don't you have a teenager at home? I do, but he doesn't know how to write phone apps. <laughs> tell, him, tell him to get a book and get on that. He's right now obsessed with playing all the old Batman games um, on the PlayStation because of all the Arkham games. Oh, and okay. So he's, he's been going to, again, summer break. And, um, God, he is, he is now to the point where he falls asleep somewhere about six in the morning and wakes up about four in the afternoon that sounds like that sounds like um it's like my nephews well uh kind of bring us back around a little bit to comics has uh if you got i've only watched one episode of loki because i'm I'm finding it hard to kind of get into it it's just not holding my attention so i haven't watched uh any more of it um not like i was kind of with wanda because it just seemed I mean, other than it being Tom Hiddleston, yeah, uh, 
that's my draw. The rest of it's kind of like, okay, I'm not really interested in this, so maybe I need to give it up. I, I think uh, you need to stop and start it over again from the beginning and pay attention because there is so much going on in the background. In fact, if you watch carefully enough in the first episode, you'll see Sharon Carter. Have you, uh, are you watching it, John? Yeah, I'm about three episodes in. I haven't seen it that closely, but... Um... And then the, the fifth episode, you will think that Richard Grant is just awesome. You know who Richard Grant is? Richard E. Grant, the yes. British actor? Yes. Yeah, he comes in. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I, I won't say anything more than that. But, you know, Jack Kirby was thinking of Richard Grant when, well, I'll, that's, that's all I'm going to say. It just, yeah, you, you got to watch him. Again, the, the Loki series has really thrown some, some really good, you know, curves. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've got a soft spot for Gugu who plays, uh, oh, I can't remember her name, but she's the head of the TVA. And then of course, uh, Owen Wilson, who runs hot and cold with me, but he did, he's doing yeah. fine in this. He is doing a good job. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just uh, just and Tom Hiddleston is fine, and he's he's charismatic. Um, there's another character that you'll meet and you'll you'll love. It's just it's just a good show. Yeah. And 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 again, I, I, uh, I had my my troubles with it early on, but it wasn't because of any of that. Uh, my troubles were that I was working a lot of hours, and I was very tired every time my family wanted to watch it because. Where they would want to watch it on Wednesday nights after we play D and D, so it's after ten o'clock, and I'm tired. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we put it on, that. and I would start. If, you know, if you have just a down moment, I'm out. And next <laughs> thing I know, I've missed it. And so it's like I'm thinking three episodes must be boring because I'm falling asleep. But that's Wait, not the case. Yeah. I stopped. I played them all back to back, and I'm like, holy cow! I can't believe I missed all that. And so you know, going back and watching it all really enjoying it and I, I'm just can't wait to see if my um, ideas on what's going on here are correct and I'm sure I'm somewhere in the right area but won't know until next week maybe well, as yeah. long as it doesn't which is my kind of my one of my problems with WandaVision was and that was another one that you really had to kind of stick with before mm-hmm. you kind of get going that towards the end it felt uh, just a lot of let's not have a good story resolve it or let's uh, no, let's not explore more of Wanda's uh, you know basically she's dealing with grief throughout the whole the whole yeah. show it felt a lot of setup you know it was okay we've got to get Captain you know get spoilers for WandaVision if you haven't watched it we have to get uh, Captain Marvel in there or whatever they're going to call her Photon or whatever her name's going to be Monica yeah. And they had to set up some, you know, some stuff to get Wanda to be the Scarlet Witch. So, and I thought, well, that, you know, that's not what I want. I want to just have a good series. I don't want to have a lot of, uh, it's the same thing people complain so much about with Iron Man 2, that they feel there's too much setup going on, you know, instead of, it kind of gets in the way of the story. But, and I thought, well, I don't want that. But, but I thought, well, comics have been doing this forever, uh, you know, how often have they, like, you know, think of it an annual where they, where the main character is really kind of takes back seat because they've introduced some new character because they want to try to spin it off to its own show mm-hmm. or they're trying to introduce a character, something like that. So this is not 
unprecedented. You know, comics have done this. So I don't know why that was fine. Yet I seem to have a problem. I had a problem with um, with one division. So I didn't want. I don't want like Loki to be just half story, and then half is that we need to put place things in place that will then either take place in the, the upcoming films. Uh, you know, just kind of get pieces and you know move things around and kind of introduce people or whatever they're going to do for. Uh, so I think Wanda had a lot of stuff that they were going to take up in the new Doctor Strange. Seems and, like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know about this one. And, and uh, I don't. And I suddenly so finished watching the last uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. I watched, kind of watched at the last episode, but I need to sit down and watch it instead of while I'm working. Because uh, I don't know what other than that's setting up as Sam being uh, Cap in whatever they're going to call the new. Captain America. He'll be you know, he'll be Captain America or Falcon Cap or whatever they're gonna call him. Captain America. Uh, Captain America. And so that sort of thing. You know, so it's that's it's kind of the good and the bad. You know, you're gonna you're gonna have to kind of keep doing world building, but as long as it doesn't get in the way of you know uh, a good story. But if either of you do you either of you watch all of Modoc, the Hulu show? I've only watched the first episode. I'm sorry, John. Go ahead. No, I haven't seen it. I was just gonna say before we move on, away from Loki, uh, Tim, um, don't feel bad about not getting into it yet. I, I, it, this is a little bit harder, I think, for me to get into than it was for like WandaVision or uh, at least WandaVision had the hook of the TV shows and stuff like that. This is yeah. just really a whole. This really is a world building thing. Maybe it would be easier to be able to binge a little bit or to kind of like and maybe not binge in one day but like every other day or something to kind of see them in more progression rather than having to wait for a while and that might make it a little bit easier to um be able to say oh now i can get it i see what's going on because i'm starting to see the progression a little quicker yeah and it's like with anything you're not going to necessarily like everything you know for the most part marvel has had a pretty good track record of having stuff from average to really good uh, they really haven't had any what I would think of as being kind of stinkers, but not everything can be every to everybody. I mean, I maybe it's I find Loki fine in smaller doses, but when he's the kind of the the star, uh, maybe I don't I don't want to watch it. You know, I've I've, I've felt a lot that way with um, uh, was it Jessica Jones that was on Netflix? <laughs> we watched the first. Two seasons or the first the first season. First season, Mr. Purple, a, the Purple Man. But there's been three seasons for that, right? Two. Just two. And I guess I, I finished the first one and we started the second. I, I never the finished second. the second season. I got bored with it and did not go back. That's to the it. one with her mother, right? When she's dealing with her mother, or was that the first season? That was the first season. Okay. The so second then season. I I have a, again, I couldn't tell you. I I I know that Agent Simpson, you know, Nuke was mm-hmm. actually in the Jessica Jones series and they killed him. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Cause we hadn't seen born again. We hadn't seen all that stuff and there's nuke and they kill him. What the hell? I mean, you know, they, they kill Ben Urich in daredevil, which already, yeah, that, that right there just kind of set me off yeah. on daredevil, but daredevil had a great second season. <clears throat> yeah. I, the daredevil. I liked all of that. I liked the punisher. Mm-hmm. Although the second season kind of dragged a little bit, I liked 
I liked I liked Iron Fist. A lot of people I know did not like the second season. Oh, uh, second season better than the first season. Um, a lot better than the first season. So. Well, the, the biggest complaint I think I, I, I've, I've heard on the second season that it became... Uh, Colleen Wing show. Right. She kind of took over. And I, I, I did think by by the end, again, spoilers for uh, Iron Fist, suddenly uh, everybody's got the Iron Fist, you know? <laughs> it's kind of like they did with Flash. You know, there was a point where in the with Flash where suddenly everybody had speed powers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's like, well, come on, we can't have, you know, <laughs> we can't have everybody having that. But uh, for the most part, I liked. I mean, I like Iron Fist. I like Luke Cage. Although I haven't finished season two. Uh, and it's like it's just like comics. You know, you're not going to read every character uh, somebody puts out, whether it's DC or Marvel. So you're going to pick what you like, and stuff's going to appeal to different people. But um, the the Moda, I just real quick, Moda, I watched all of it. I think I watched all eight episodes. Only because I kind of wanted to see how... Because it was one arc. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just episodic. But it's Robot Chicken. It's, it's done by Robot Chicken. Yeah, that's what yeah. we... I mean, my, my wife and Chris and I all sat down to watch it. And within ten minutes, she was just staring at me. While the episode was going on. And I was going, this is just like Robot Chicken. Which I, exactly I like in small chicken. doses. Yep. And I love exactly. Pat Oswalt, Pat Oswalt, but I was just like, eh, okay. So I, was I, a, I haven't gone back to it. It feels, it felt. If you can, you don't have to watch it. I mean, it's, it's. I don't know if it's, if it. I mean, it's obviously kind of ties in with, um, with, uh, the, the greater Marvel universe. But it feels a little like Lower Decks, uh, where Lower Decks bends over backwards to just throw out references. I know, but it's I, a little family I, guy, I you know? really got into Lower Deck, so... Well, if it's... You know, uh, Modoc does the same thing, and it's a lot of... Uh, uh, it feels a lot like... You know when you would get... Like, think about when you're kind of first collecting comics, you might go to the comic store, you know, and there's going to be guys in there just in there just gabbing about stuff, right? Or anytime you get somebody together that's a fan of something, Star Trek, Star Wars, comics, doesn't matter, and you're going to start talking about, well, this thing this person does is stupid, or what if this did happen, or what if this person fought this person, or isn't this character lame? And it's those kind of fanboy kind of uh, ideas and conversations, and that's what this feels like. Mm-hmm. It's like Seth, uh, Seth, Seth Green, right? Seth, yeah. yeah, Seth Green is a huge comic you know and you know he knows his stuff but it's a lot of that type of humor you know they have these kind of you know the armadillo comes in you know talk about a a, 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 a four-tier supervillain. hey uh, but and... but in armadillo's defense he was rated hot by the ohatmu or not girls so <laughs> seriously yeah <laughs> <laughs> At least one of them rated him hot. I don't know if all of them. Anyway, I digress. Anyway, yeah. It's just that type of humor. So that wasn't really... Uh, it feels sometimes more you're you're poking fun at something instead of laughing with it. You know, if you're making fun of this stuff. Uh, and it's, you know, it's a funny premise. It's like, what if Modoc was a... Was a it was a married man and had kids, and, and you know, the, and he was trying to run AIM, and he's a terrible boss, and 
It's like, yeah, that's funny for an episode of Robot Chicken, but not eight episodes of it. So. Yeah, but I think so Seth Green gets a pass on anything he does, though. I don't know if he's involved with that in that one that much. I don't know, but it, it's the same. Um, what's funny is the humor is not as good. When I used to watch Robot Chicken. It reminded me so much of. Did you ever buy uh, Toy Fair when you were when it was? When it, I don't think it's being produced. The the mag, toy magazine. No, no. It was like it was put up by Wizard, and it was basically that for toys. So it was an action figure uh, price guide, and they'd have articles and stuff. Mm-hmm. But in the back, they would have little Com- uh, comic strips or something. It wasn't a comic, but it was it was called Twisted Toy Fair Theater, and it was done with. Just like Robot Chicken, except it was like a fumetti. Oh, they okay. were taking yeah. pictures, and they were using, and they were using uh, like uh, Mego dolls or a lot of custom dolls, and they did that. They give them word balloons. They were doing little, you know, and they were the same kind of stuff. They were trying to take the, you know, to, to not to be crude, but they were trying to take the piss out of Marvel. Yeah. But the writing was hilarious. I don't know who the writers were, but their stories <laughs> were hilarious. And I bet you that expected that those will be collected out on the web somewhere. They are. They used, they used to collect them in uh, big um, trades, and they would collect. And I wish I kept all my. I got rid of all my wizards and all my um, my toy uh, toy fairs. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can buy them digitally, but and they would cross genres. They would have stormtroopers and uh, Spider-Man. They would do Harry Potter figures and DC figures. You know. Uh, Iron Man was always had a beer in his hand, and he was always drunk. <laughs> the Hulk was a raging, just he was just he always had a bag of chips in his hand. And he was just disgusting, and you know, and kind of dumb Hulk. So um, that's the kind well, of like that here Saturday Night Live sure. skit with Superman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm. uh, and Thor was always um, uh, portrayed as kind of being and. I apologize, John, if I'm going to say this. He was portrayed as being kind of vaguely homosexual. Mm-hmm. I hope that doesn't offend. I hope that doesn't offend you. Uh, <laughs> no. I'm, I'm not okay. I'm not. I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just saying that's what I wrote him. Um, but it, it was it was kind of funny, and that's the kind of stuff that uh, I wish they would kind of do more of. You know, that level of kind of it's a little more smart humor. Mm-hmm. Some more. It's more. Uh, uh, witty it's not it's not you're not going for the easy joke then i don't i don't know what else is you just uh got me thinking about you know like when you talk about those books and that way you sold them i still have my entire collection of marvel age and I, do you remember marvel age the marvel age book yeah and no, i've got those because i consider that kind of a comic but my magazines i've got my i still have my star logs I've got those. Wow. And my Cinema cool. Fantiques and my. Um, my now, was uh, it Cinema Fantastic? Fangoria. Cine- how, how does that pronounce Cinema Fantastic? Is that the one that was like the half size magazine? No, that was no, a full I think size magazine. Full size regular. What was the one that was half yeah. size? We talked about it before because I had the one up for oh. Ghostbusters. Cinemagic or Cinema. Something and I remember, it was, yeah, it was the first time I'd ever seen the the Ghostbusters behind the scenes stuff where they actually had the street where the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man was walking around, mm-hmm. and I was just amazed by that with that, that imagery and all that. But 
that was an amazing magazine just because it had that in there and it had a lot of other stuff in there i don't remember to this day but i've got the book somewhere in storage here i think, I think it's those are collectible those yeah. are hard to find um it was like cinemagic or cine might have been cinemagic yeah it was just special effects stuff right yeah it was a little almost so. like a little flip book and oh gosh yeah. i remember i remember the other thing about that that issue that got me is it had a shot of sigourney weaver in the chair and all the demon hands, right? You remember that uh -huh. from Ghostbusters? Yeah. And one hand was right up and grabbing it right in the chest. And I'm just like, yeah. how did that guy get permission <laughs> to do that? <laughs> I think he's ba he's back there and they're like, okay, stick your hand through uh, this fake chair we built and just grab something and be careful. <laughs> uh, you know, be careful where you place it. And I think it's just a matter of, I think she's there's just, always so she's much room like, on her. Go for it, dude. Yeah, she probably didn't care. She probably didn't care. You can read a lot of Starlog, I think, or on if you go to archive.org. But you know, there's a lot of it's funny Starlog because on that. I was I remember when I was a kid, and I say I was a kid, I was 18 when Ghostbusters came out. But when when I was 18, I went and saw Ghostbusters in the theater, and they have a scene where uh, Sigourney Weaver character gets to her apartment, and the elevator doors open, and she's sitting there holding a the bag of groceries, right? And I said, my gosh, she looks just like Kitty Pride. Because I didn't know that, you know, Byrne had used her as his model for Kitty Pride. So, had he really? I didn't, I think we, have we talked about that? Yeah, we, we've talked about that a couple times. I mean, you know, just, he, he basically roughly made her a young version, a young yeah. Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, I could see that. If you took her from like Alien in 79 and de-aged her mm -hmm. five or six years, yeah, I could see that. I found out uh, from listening, because I listened to Andy Leyland's um, mm. uh, podcast. On, he did one on Man of Steel. Yes. Then it just automatically started playing one for... Um, he was covering a British show called S-Unit or S, um, S-Force. or It was kind of in the 60s, and it was a kind of a precursor to X-Files kind of thing. Yeah. And it starred Peter Wingard. Mm-hmm. And have we talked about this before that he that he is the one they patterned Jason Wingard on mm -hmm. from the Hellfire Club? Yeah, no, he also did. Uh, was he Clytus in Flash Gordon? He was Clytus. Clytus in Flash yep. Gordon. And he, he had that Clytus. amazing voice, but he also has a, a very checkered past. So I, well, he and he said he's got a weird. You know, just, just some. There was some discrepancies about how old he is, where he was born, and what you know what. Um, what was going on but he's what's funny is on the show he was kind of kind of a ladies man he mm -hmm. was he was a little you know it wouldn't fly today because he was uh, a little misogynistic or a lot but if you look at the pictures of him he's got a totally 70s porn stash he dresses a lot of leather uh but he's not really that good looking of a guy i agree he's got a fantastic voice um but he, he played jason king so that's when he when he did the health they did yeah, Jason, Jason Wingard they just yeah. merged the two names and that and and in one apparently in one uh, episode of the Avengers, Patrick McNeil show, he played the leader of a Hellfire Club. So I guess that's got to be the uh, uh, the inspiration um, for and, and he does look a lot like that character with that big that big kind of handlebar not a handlebar but a big you know it's a it's a porn stash. Um, 
but he's not that look, good looking of a guy. So I don't know why the apparently Andy said the women were. That's what the appeal was that the women were tuning in because they were they had a big crush on him. He was a man's man. So, he's like like the yeah, he guy was. in well, the Dos Equis commercials or what, what, what is it Dos Equis? Most yeah, interesting, most man, interesting in the world. man. And then yeah. um, you know I I mean just you know the a man's man Gerard Butler. He's not you know good looking but apparently women find him ruggedly handsome so maybe. he's yeah he's he's yeah yeah he's ruggedly yeah I, could, I would say that yeah he's a you know men want to be him and women want to be with him <laughs> that kind of thing yeah but but he was a freak I mean he was arrested for gross indecency in the toilets of well a bus station hmm so, uh, you know, yeah. of course, he said yeah. it was all a misunderstanding. Of course. <laughs> but after the second incident, he claimed he suffered a mental aberration. So, oh, yeah. Sure. If all us fellows tell him you're crazy. Yeah. You know, just, but... yeah, you, you just wait for Chris Hansen to come out. And... <laughs> what is it you're going to be doing hey. here today? <laughs> just hanging out. And, uh... <laughs> Not to talk out of the podcast, but have you guys heard the latest Is It Jaws? They did uh, The Spy Love Me. Yes. Yes, I listened to that uh, this week. And they uh, they had on Dr. Bill because he was a naval expert to come on <laughs> on the show. And uh, I wrote Paul. I've been, uh, and, uh, and if Paul listens to the show, I said, Paul, you need to start reading my emails because I've written him several times. Uh on the Bond, because he's been covering the Bond stuff with Dave. Mm -hmm. uh, and now Heroes kind of come in, so he, that's a yeah. threesome now. But uh, I wrote him an email basically saying, you know, how much I like the show. And I said, are you going to have Gardner on when you do Moonraker? Are you going to have Gardner on as our resident NASA expert? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, well, you should, you know. If anybody else knows NASA, it's Scott. Well, we could bring my dad in. He worked for NASA. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he designed a control yeah. panel, but hey, still, he worked for NASA. Hey, that's, that's, that's still not nothing. Yeah, and if we ever get him on, we'll talk about how my mom saved the, the Apollo program. Well, oh, the untold the untold story of how your mom saved the... Uh... Apollo program, yeah. Okay. My mom, you know, just, uh, a, you know, clean mine and some free one oil. <laughs> Fix anything. But uh, yeah, and, and she, she was a she was a real hero behind telling him how to fit that that round filter into the square box, right? <laughs> no, no, no. This is actually Apollo Eight material, so mm. so lo uh, a little bit before that. But uh, well, you need you need to work on that with Scott. Scott would I think well, love he, to talk. He to knows you. he knows, yeah. and, and we've been talking about getting my father on because you know my father he's eighty six years old, but he's still very very sharp. Um, yeah. And he seems to be doing really well. I got married again uh, recently. Like, Seriously? Last six months, yeah. No, wow. no, no, I think in oh. December. In December. Good, married good for him. So now I have new brother and sister and that, you know, are older than me. And wow. <laughs> Yeah. That one's kind of bizarre. But, you know, hey, congratulations to Mike and Joyce. Anyway, um, but you know, I was saying Paul. Paul owes me uh, another episode because we did uh, Duel uh, mm -hmm. a while back, which uh, I, I love that movie. Uh, it's Spielberg's first movie. Um, and then with my wife, we got on and did Aliens on on Is It Jaws? Yeah, and uh, I heard both us. And he and I had talked for years about doing 
the commitments which is just you know it's one of my one of my favorite musical movies it's not a musical but it's about music um and so we're supposed to do that so if he's listening he'll remember and he's gonna oh wow i forgot about that you know uh, have y'all no, ever seen there, the I'm sure, I'm sure. I have not. Oh, man. Is that, that's not the, that's not Clint Eastwood. Who, who directed that? Um, uh, uh, Parker. Um, same guy directed Fame. And, um, probably I can't, I cannot think of his name to save my life. Alan Parker? Alan Parker, yeah. yeah. Alan Parker. And okay. stars Colmini. Um, of course we know from, you know, Deep Space Nine and, uh, Con Air, uh, but uh, it's it's a movie about a bunch of Northern Irish uh, teens that start a soul band. And if you go onto YouTube and watch the trailer for it, you might just rent the movie and start watching the movie because it's very very entertaining and uh, really 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 good music. Especially if you love soul, if you love Otis Redding, you know, and James Brown and such. You'll uh, yeah get in there and, and really really enjoy it well me he's in another uh film it's not it's not that film you're referring to but it's called where he plays him they're two brothers and they have uh irish bands and they kind of get together in this uh town and have this um competition and he's kind of coming from the city and his brother stayed in the, in the town, so they're kind of like competing against each other for who's got the better. How, how long uh, ago did this come out? Oh, it's ten years easily, maybe twelve. Is it the snapper or, or more? Was it the snapper? No, no, not the snapper. It's not the snapper. I've seen it. Um, I want to say it came out after. Is another? Have you ever seen the the film he did called The Van, where he gets a kind of a food truck? Try to try to to make a living off that, and, he, and they they're basically selling fish and chips on the back of the van. It's a him and his partner, and the kind of problems they have. Um, I mean, he does a lot of a lot of local, I don't know, I say local, but Irish. Um, oh yeah, films like yeah. in between he was doing when he was doing Deep Space Nine or Star Trek. Yeah, he's kept busy for a long, long time. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, he's got a really, really good career. I me- I remember seeing him in the movie. The Englishman who went up the hill and but came down a mountain. Yeah, that's um, Hugh Grant. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, you know, he was of course in a lot of stuff even before he was in Under Siege, before he got on yeah. to. Yeah. I mean, he was he on was Next Generation, guy. but I don't think they started uh, Deep Space Nine until till later. And so he hadn't gotten on Deep Space Nine yet. Let's see. Well, yeah, because he was the first time he was on Encounter of Farpoint, but he was not called. They called him Colm. O'Brien. Colm, yeah, he was just, I don't know who he was. He was the, the navigator or the or the yeah. um, the pilot, but I think later he, he kind of gets. Um, that's not the same character. He kind of, he kind of becomes Miles O'Brien. Yeah. Um, but, when, they, when they needed him to. But, uh, yeah. yeah. But no, he was in Under Siege, and that—that's the first thing I remember seeing. I, I know he was in Far and Away with Tom Cruise, and um, I think that probably got him his most notice outside of uh, Ireland. Yeah. But the Commitments was 1991. But I mean, he did stuff here before. Then he was in like the Father Dowling Mysteries, and oh, that's right, he was in Die Hard too. He was one of the pilots. Yeah. he's um, the one that crashes the plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
holy cow. And I'm like, hey, you're going to put him in charge of a starship? Not not that it's his fault, you know. <laughs> they were messing with him, you know. Yeah. Um, and he, well, you know, he was in Con Air. Yes. Uh, he's been in a lot of stuff. Love yeah, him he in does, Con he Air. Does. He's such a yeah. jerk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I just I just love Conair. Hero and I have been talking about doing a commentary on Conair for years. We need to get down and do that. But uh, well, I wish. I, well, yeah, you and Hero could. I mean, I wish they would resurrect. Uh, you know, Dave Atterbury is. Yeah. He had been. On, I don't think he's been on the, sh- the network in years and years. He just. I don't think he has time. Um, but him and Hero were doing one called Nerds on Film. They did like two episodes, and then I guess you know life got in the way they couldn't do it. And I kind of wish they would, um, they would come back and do something like that. So it's almost like this: something you and Hero could do, or or, comment, or I, bring back commentary monthly Monday, which you know that yeah, was the thing. Yeah. They, they would have one, I think they would do it one a month, uh, one one episode a month, is what Scott and, and that could doing. and that could be uh, anybody that that could be a rotating cast yeah. exactly. Just have. Somebody record a commentary on whatever it is you want to talk about, a movie, and then uh, do um, just put it in there. That way, anybody could do um, whatever you want. I mean, I kind of wish they'd bring back Star Trek Monthly Monday Um, because they never finished all the episodes. Yeah, it got close. They didn't finish all of them. Yeah, and and, and I I don't understand why that faded unless, unless Honeywell's job has just kept him too too busy at the wrong time to work with Scott. Because I mean they, they do get together from time to time and do some shows. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I, I think it's just a matter of you know Honeywell's doing a lot of stuff. He does a lot of editing. He does his own shows. Um, and then I'm sure I don't know how if he has like an erratic work schedule or something, but. And then Scott's just, um, I know it's just kind of hard for him to, uh, to get things done, you know, when when he was uh, working for Disney. But He's probably going to be going back pretty soon. Hopefully that, well, yeah, we'll get him. I know that's, that's, um, that's got to be hard for him because, I mean, most, most of us have a job. And if we're lucky, we like it because <clears throat> it makes the job easier. But most of us have jobs that pay the rent, pay the bills. And we put up with a certain amount of it. But Scott's one of those guys that, that his job is something he loves. And I don't think he probably doesn't even consider it a job because he loves Disney so much. Um, so he's lucky. You know, he's lucky. If you can find something you do that doesn't feel like work, then. I tell you, there are times where my team. job is like the greatest thing in the world. And I feel like, you know, I, I feel like. The you know that scene in Goodfellas where they go in the back door at the club and they do the long, long mm-hmm. walk through the, the one shot, and you know that they they put out the table for them and everything. Sometimes I feel like that in my job. That's that's how my job <laughs> makes me feel. And then there's well, days great. where you know I just don't even want to get up. And uh, you know I mean it, it just depends because. You know, like in, in, in my job right now, uh, they're they're trying to figure things out. Our company got bought out by Cigna. And so we've been melding for the last two years. And now I have three different groups. I have to inform them what's going on in my day. I, I feel like Ron Livingston in office space. <laughs> and it, on this last project I did, I had 10 different people coming to me 
to find out status on the project. And so I had to sit there and put a call together to get everybody together to sit there and say, you guys are office spacing me to death. <laughs> and, 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 and say to them, you guys have got to figure out a way to let me do my job. And you guys can make sure that you guys are kept up to date all at once without having me to sit there and tell you 10 yeah. different times, 10 different ways. I mean, if you want to make this a, a call that we have every day or whatever, that's fine. But just, you know, let me do my job. <laughs> was crazy well i'm, I'm speaking I'm sure of doing times things when... we love um you guys reading elsewhere you caught up on it what do you think i am tim are you still I'm, holding out I'm, and read it all every, i'm uh, still holding out so i i you know we, we talked about doing uh when we flew to texas i read i had uh, four issues i hadn't read which is is it 17 18 19 or is it 18 19 20 21 i don't know what uh, I, don't, I don't remember Twenty-four now i think or 23 you're on 24 right now yeah okay so i i haven't since that was well, that was three weeks ago so i haven't that was the last completed issues that they had so i read those um so i guess i'm probably an issue behind maybe an issue and a half um because that's what i wanted you know we were gonna i thought we could record and cover those four issues and split them up into two um, two episodes um, before we get you know get too far out because is he 24 going to be his final no uh, there's episode, right uh, now issue? he hasn't said that there's an end in sight at this point. i thought he had he had said that there he had kind of had a an end planned all he said and this, this was today is that you know, someone made a comment about all the balls up in the air or the plates spinning up in the air, and he says, well, they're starting to taper off. That's the closest hmm. thing he said to, you know, that the possibility they may be coming to, you know, something else. Um, but, no, really, uh, just, you know, he he's going to keep doing it until he doesn't enjoy it anymore or yeah. something else gets his creative juices flowing more. Because he's talked yeah. about doing some other things. He's talked about doing that that JSA Invaders crossover, which would be you know all along the generations line. So you'd, you'd see things through the years. He mm -hmm. you know and, and he's talked about doing you know uh, a uh, like a book for each, uh, for certain commissions that he's done to kind of give you yeah, an idea what to get that. there. And you know the the thing is is that you know he still hasn't said what he's going to do next. And he has been talking with Chris Rael about uh, doing some more Star Trek. That I want him to But he to didn't say if it was going to be, you know, Fumetti or hand-drawn or, you know, something he makes out of paper napkins. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, waiting and seeing what he comes up with. Yep. Uh, I am right now navigating our website, trying to look at older episodes to see what were the last issues that we covered in Elswin. And I'm having a hard time finding it because I guess I went on the wrong page. Well, I need to, and I, I noticed a lot of people have been doing it too, of fixing the link yeah. up, uh, in the podcast aggregates, if that's the right terminology. Uh, Podcatchers, yeah. whatever we're gonna call it, and I call it yeah. And I, I haven't done it because I'm not sure well, exactly. I, mean, I know Luke, Jack, and Eddie was doing it, 
and it's kind of a slow process, yeah. but it's not hard. I just don't know exactly how they are, and I think Andy Leyland did it too. Uh, to uh, well, our our biggest problem right now, let's see, is that we've got all ninety four episodes showing up now on the web page, but I think we only have four episodes. Right, they're they're on, on the iTunes. website, but they're not going out to everybody. So, and I think one of the problems I heard was that if you relink it, it shows up as a new episode, which I'm fine with that. They can ignore it, but at least it'll be out there uh, so that... But all those pod pictures will start, you know, filling up. Well... Got it set to, to automatically pull the new... Excuse me, new episodes. The pod catchers will automatically pick them up and then, you know, they're going to fill up and they're going to be like, well, why do I got all these old episodes? That's the... And I, I feel bad for shows like Packing the Bends because listen. there's like 600 episodes or something that how how they're gonna go and you know how they can you can fix that. I, I just I just need to find out how to do it because I would do it a little at a time. I just haven't reached out to to Jack and Eddie or Andy or um, uh, Chris to see what I need to do because I noticed a lot of people were like, "Well, I'm glad I backed up all my episodes uh, before this happened." And I thought, Are "You guys not keeping?" Your episodes? I mean, I know. I think Andy said he doesn't. He he deletes them. I think once they're, they're edited and they're posted, I think he gets rid of them. But well, yeah, I'm really okay. Um, now let me see here. I'm look. I'm going back in the past. In the last issue, the last episode where we did Elswin. No, it was after Thanksgiving, wasn't it? Um, let me go back. I'm. Because I see, let's see, Youth, Invaders, Days of Future Past, 19th Round, Days of Future Past, 7th Round, our commentary, our April Fool's episode, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Don't be sorry. That's no, no, there, there, were, there were some, Marie Reese in particular was like, why? Well. <laughs> and then I, I go all the way back and I... Yeah, I'm not seeing um, anything after issue 15. We did something after issue had, 15, uh, didn't we? Um, I thought we were up to 17 or 18 at least. Wait, let me, um, won't shoot. It's not going to tell me anything. But David, yeah. he's, he's keeping track for us. David's yeah, and I had him in a, I had him in a, I'm just looking at my graphics. Oh, here's, here we go. Uh, episode 70, we did 16, 17, 18. So, 19, 20, okay. 21, 22. That's the four I've read. So that's as far as I am. And so we can cover those in 23, 24. Yeah. We'll cover later. Yeah. Okay, good, good. Oh. Do you have any other books around? I, I Other than uh, when I went to the, the comic store that was, uh, which is Furin, San Diego. It's uh, Southern. Tell about that. Do what? Tim. <laughs> tell everyone about your trip to San Diego and how you're going to come and spend lovely time on the beach. And where did you spend all afternoon? The, oh, she was fine. They, they were. They, were, they let us in there. It was cool. That, um, it's and I'll plug them. It's Southern California Comics, and they're in kind of a little warehouse um, area, and a couple guys, I guess, that own it or run it. But they, you know, we said, hey. We, you let dogs in here, and they kind of looked at bunnies, and they said, "Yeah, sure." 
So she came in and they were all petting her and they were being real, uh, you know, levy. She loves that, you know. She was getting a lot of attention. And they had, and I'd heard about him. There's a, there's a, there's a guy that is a, a podcast, uh, uh, YouTube show called Neurotics, and it's Gary. Uh, I can't remember his last name. Anyway, he said that's a great place for back issues. So we went in there, and they are. They've got a big selection. And they're, for the most part, they're pretty reasonably priced. I picked up a bunch of um, invaders that were pretty cheap. Um, mm-hmm. I picked up some. I picked up a Godzilla number one. I picked up uh, the last uh, Iron Fist story where he's with the X Men. I uh, picked up. Oh, the, yeah. the last issue of Iron Fist? With the X Men. With the X Men? That's a pretty I, pricey was, book. Uh. I don't think I paid that much for it. I think it was... Uh, I picked up a giant size uh-huh. treasure edition of Spider-Man. Uh-huh. I picked up... I'm going to go nerd out here and open my box. Yeah, they, they are a good store. I was in there, and they do have a ton of back issues in there. They are really reasonably priced. I was looking at their treasury side edition rack, and there was a Superboy one. It's the one with the Neil Adams cover, and they're all mm-hmm. flying up and away. And uh, um, someone broke into my house, and that was one of the wow. things they stole. So I was like, oh, whatever, it's lost forever. Well, they had one sitting there on the rack, and it wasn't in a bag. It had no price tag on it and anything. I'm like, I picked it up. It was, you know, it's not in the best shape. And one of the pages was just torn and had a tear in it. I'm like, how much is this book? They're like, oh, I don't know. Let me check. Came back, <laughs> dollar. I'm buying That's it. That's mine. <laughs> I'll put a piece of tape on it. I don't care. I picked up a couple of, you know, I filled up more of my Spider-Man. I got Spider-Man 75. I got Spider-Man 58. Now, these yeah. are amazing these are Spider-Man, amazing. the original. Okay. And those are all reasonable. Wow. I got a bunch of, uh, a whole bunch of FF that were cheap. Um, I got, like, in the 70s and 80s. Um that were super cheap. I got a, a Green Lantern that was missing. And I wish I got more of the Invaders. I couldn't get as much with the the, the Nazi chick that we covered. Whatever her, I can't remember her name. Look, yeah, Warrior Woman. Warrior Woman. Warrior Woman. Um, yeah. Now, let, let me ask you, though. Do you think that there would be a market for an Invaders movie? I think you could. If it's handled the way you handled... If you or handled, even a series. A series might be better. If you handle it the way you handled um, Cap, you know, the first Avenger, then I yeah. think, you know, if you get somebody who can handle a period piece like that, then I think um, it would do pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. Now, would you use, like, the, the major lineup where you would have Cap and the Torch and I Toro? Think you would, or would you want to keep it Union Jack and, and... I think you would have to keep Cap out of it just because he's already kind of established. Because one, if you're not getting Chris Evans yeah. in it, you get to get a lookalike. Right. Uh, or, so if you kept... Yeah. Say you kept him out of it, but you could certainly you could introduce Human Torch and Toro, or one. You could introduce Union Jack. You could do um, Wizard. You might call him something else. You may not call him Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, um, definitely. Oh my gosh. They could probably bring in the the character the character of the Patriot who was the cap mm-hmm. analog that he tra- 
He's kind of dressed like a Minuteman. Yeah. And then the... Yeah. Well, you know, he's yeah, on Agents yeah. of S.H.I.E.L.D. But, they, actually, yeah. they actually had him on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the Patriot. Uh, golly, I'm trying to remember. I'm going to look that And you could have... Um, Spitfire, you could have... Uh, Sorry, yeah. You could you could use that as a chance to introduce Namor if you wanted to, and then he could have his own film. Or do you wait till he's introduced in FF? I don't know, um, but I think you could do it without. It could be kind of a uh, you know Peggy Carter. That was a period show. You do it just like that, which is a shame yeah, that show yeah. didn't last. I liked it a lot. I thought it was. I, I had more potential than Agents of Shield. I think it was uh, a missed opportunity when they did the first Captain America movie, which was in the period, to at least not even have a a short flash scene showing the invaders or a mention or um, a newsreel saying, oh, there's this group in the UK that's battling Nazis, you know, and you can show some of them there just to at least establish them in the continuity that would have been a nice um a nice nod to the to it and but yeah they kind of missed that but yeah that ha- it depends on how it would have to be done i think it could work i mean do it as a as a disney plus and it can't be that i mean you know look at how much you're spending in discovery and one division i think i heard one division was like a couple hundred million just for the whole season um and it, it you heard like the Witcher, yeah. Witchers, they're like yeah, 10 million crazy. an episode. And if you get kind of unknown actors, so you're saving money there, you're kind of world building so that you could always bring in other characters later. You could, you know, maybe they talk about Namor to establish that he's in the, the universe, but you don't ever see him. Uh, so he shows up later yeah. in FF or something. Um, they could even talk about, yeah, we used to work with Cap, just name dropping, you know. So yeah, I think that could that was definitely a yeah. And then uh, Union Jack can be um, Britain's yeah. There you go. <laughs> you can have you know bring in Baron <laughs> Blood. You know who who doesn't want to see a Nazi vampire? Um, you know the Nazis are always yeah. good fodder think, for being the bad guy. You, now I've I've been reading a little bit on the the thoughts on a Fantastic Four movie, and it does seem like they are leaning towards having them appear you know, for the sixties and then having everybody forget them, uh, due to, to one thing or another that happens. So I'd like that if they, if they were able to do that, have them start in the sixties and then, you know, come back out in modern day. Well, do you do it as you establish them in the sixties, but they're not the FF. And then they, cause I always thought that if you wanted to bring them into the present day, you could have them, blast off in his 60s then come back in modern times because of you know you can always explain that as well they've been in space so they aged slower uh well all the all the the stuff that they're doing right now um you know loki is a good example of it and you know you're going to have the multiverse of madness and uh the spider-man far from home there seems to be an element of time travel flowing through a lot of things and we know that somewhere down the road, Kang is going to be one of the villains. And if you have Kang, you yeah. can have Immortus, you know, uh, Ramatut, you know, all those different variations of the same character, at least it should be. 
And, you know, so there's the elements of time travel that are interspersed through all of this, uh, as well as, you know, branching timelines, which, you know, can can also bring a lot of, you know, variation and whatnot. So I I think that that they're going to find a way of explaining the Fantastic Four through all that. Um, you know that their that their disappearance is like almost instantaneous right. from their reappearance, but they'll have to make it in such a way that they can't go back. Well, right. I, I heard even a rumor that not a rumor, but somebody suggested that that's the way you could recast uh, Black Panther. That you have him a Black Panther from uh, an alternate universe somehow gets stuck in our universe, so that. You replaced it, but it could be a different actor, and that explains why it doesn't look the same. Um, if that's the case, you could do that with us about anybody. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not kind of keeping my. I'm not really got my ear to the ground about what what's going on, and you know, I'm not. Um, I used to read, go to Newsarama a lot when I was working, and I would read that and kind of kept up on stuff. But that site's kind of really crappy now, so I don't ever go there anymore. But. Uh, yeah, I'm having a hard time finding a good site that really gives gives the information. I mean, everything that I've seen now are, is more marketing yeah. sites than anything. Even uh, Dark Forces, or what is that? Dark uh, Yeah, Dark Horizons. I would I would go there, and and you know, you know now it is trailers yeah. and you know just a smattering of of information, but it always seems to be information that's more like marketing releases yeah. and news releases about something rather than behind the scenes. I, I miss the days of in yeah. it cool news. And <laughs> you know, there's there's other sites as what Bleeding yeah. Cool and all that. And there was Latino Review that was good, but all those have really fallen by the wayside because the the marketing machine Yeah, and they get bought up by other corporations or, or or things like that. So it's not it's hard to get a you know, and I, I I, I get a lot of stuff from YouTube, but it's hard to get. You can't get anything off YouTube that doesn't have a. Uh, they're not biased one way or another about something. Um, they're either they're either right. gushing over something I or noticed, they're complaining about something. I noticed that Box Office Mojo got bought out mm-hmm. by IMDb, and now when they're posting their information, they're not posting budget information. They're posting you know yeah. box office take. But they're not giving you the other side of it. It's like they've made a decision that they don't want to sit there and tell you how much movie's being yeah. spent, how much money's being spent on the movie. Not being transparent. Yeah, yeah. and I, I mean, you know that that uh, I don't know what that says. Uh-huh. I don't know what that really says. I will say this: uh, Disney Plus is giving us so many good movies that you know we've had it ever since it started, and never felt like we're being overcharged i never felt like i should cancel it yeah. because we're not watching cool. it now. and so um watch john carter again and you know what that's a it's damn pretty good, good. Movie. it's not i mean it's it's uh it's just something about that didn't click that the marketing wasn't right for it and it was just people didn't know what it was no it, it would there was a, a concerted effort by the, the 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 media to kill it. There was a, a, a vendetta or something either against uh, is it Andrew Stanton that directed it or uh, you know whatever to make sure that that movie didn't uh, did not succeed. 
I mean, the, the the people in marketing to sit there and call it John Carter without giving any other anything else, you know, John there, Carter there was some concern about, or, or, or there, a yeah, there was some Marks. concern about, you know, that confusing people or they didn't want to get it. Think it was going to. I don't. I don't know what the story was, but that's, that's basically that you don't know what. And even John Carter Mars, a lot of people don't even know what that is. But um, um, right. Now, the thing is, for me, I knew all about it from when I was a little boy because my dad read, he read the first, uh, Princess of Mars to us. He read um, many of the Tarzan books to us, and he read all the, he read yeah. a lot of Burroughs to us, just, you know, as kids. So and I loved the movie just because it made me think about all that stuff that my dad told us when we were kids. And I remember my dad saying, you know, Star Wars and Superman, all that stuff started here with this book and you know then when he started reading the book i was like wow yep. he's so right that and stuff like doc savage all that kind of pulpy stuff they, you know, those yep. are all kind of grandfathers of what we're thinking of as, as kind of the modern day uh adventure and sci-fi stuff well guys i think we've uh you want to kind of wrap this up we've been on here about i think yeah. an hour and a half and i think we've we bored John, so he's over there sleeping. <laughs> David, David is just about to join us. <laughs> I feel bad for David because this is really his show, you know. <laughs> but David Next stayed time. had to stay with his wife and watch the Tomorrow. Hey, War, it's okay. There's which there's is date night. Chris you know, Pratt he, can, he doesn't have to hang out with the boys all the time. Yep. yep. But they just wrapped up watching the movie. We ought to give him a second to hop on and say hello. I mean, you know, John, if if you're feeling sleepy, feel free to go ahead and drop it. <laughs> give him a chance here to hop on. Um, but I wanted to uh, to you know ask you guys. You know, we've talked a, a little bit about things that we're going to be doing here down the road. Obviously, we're going to do a little bit more Elseland coverage. Uh, I think that our coverage for Days of Future Past has kind of fallen short. Certain things I wanted to get done with certain people not falling through. And I don't know that we want to, you know, to, to go any further on that. So I'll, I'll see what you guys say. And if anybody wants to write in yeah, and give us some can, thoughts, we can, uh, got yeah, Gipper, we can always revisit, um, revisit that if we need to. Yeah. Um, but other than that, really, I mean, there's, there's some other but, things that, you know, you and I are kind of trying to cook up, but. Uh, you know, I. Mm -hmm. But I've I've been told that we've been covering uh, too much Marvel and not enough DC or other stuff uh, of of Burns' history. But the fact of the matter is, is two thirds of Burns' work over the yeah. years was Marvel, and so therefore, you know, you a, a lot of it is. Well, gonna I still be like Marvel. to recover, and we were talking about doing it. We just couldn't make it work for the fourth. Was we were going to do True Brit, which is the the book he did with with uh, Cleese. Uh, which is Jump kind of a yeah. take on, you know, what if Superman landed uh, in Great Britain? Um, yeah, it's it very, 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 very Python-like. Um, and, of course, we used to want to do Elswin. And, you know, other than that, I mean, I'd like to do some more uh, Star Trek, some more of his uh, Fumetti stuff. Um, you know, we haven't done We keep talking about it. We've not done any Next Men. I think we've done some Next Men by now. Yeah, and you know, golly, um, when I think about next men, I'm like, what? What would you want to cover? I mean, I mean, I think you you just have to cover the first issue 
um, as part of that coverage. But you'd want to cover like bits and pieces because there's a good beginning, there's a middle, and there's definitely an end. But you know the uh, the end stuff. I don't know that people have feel of of it about as well as they do the uh, the earlier stuff. Yeah, that's. That the first issues of that, from my, I haven't read that since it came out, are a little decompressed. So you might, you could probably do, uh, I don't know, the first, gosh, I don't know, four or five. Instead of doing one issue, you could almost do a, um, the first uh, little run to kind of get some, which is kind of their origin, to kind of get them up and running until um, I think they're in their costumes, but. I haven't read again. I haven't read that since it came out in the nineties, um, and I never finished the run when he came back to it and picked up the original uh, numbering. Uh, I started reading w, it yeah. and I never finished it. I've got them, but I haven't finished it. Um, well, I think also one one thing I'd like to take a look at is Burns' run on DC Books. Uh, his later years, like the Gail Simone issues Action of uh, was it Action Comics, and I'm amazed that we've never once covered Jack Kirby's Fourth World. And uh, I, I know probably some of you I haven't, haven't read, read any, any of that. And John, have you read any of that? I've tried. I've tried Jack Kirby's Jack Kirby's Fourth World. I tried Burns Jack Kirby's Fourth World. I just don't get into Forest World. <laughs> mm. I, I just don't at all. I mean, and then, and if we cover it, I'm going to look and I go, ooh, pretty pictures. <laughs> oh, yeah. Obviously, my pet project would be coverage yeah, of I Generations. To cover that. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to go through Generations. I like that. Yeah. I'm not sure about the Generations 3, though. I've been trying to read that, and I'm like, eh. I just, I, to me, it's just like it's recycled. It, it's well, not interesting by the third the and, thing and, is iteration. Generations and Generations 2 were both passion projects of Burns that he had pretty much full control over where he got to do it exactly as he wanted and when it came time you know basically for Generations 3 they said well we would like you to do it this way and it ruined his whole time scheme the way he'd been doing it with the other books. So, you know, it doesn't follow the, 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 the timeline the way that he wanted it to. And I think, you know, as, as a result, he lost his his passion for it. And he had to really work things up and work things around and go very far down into the future that he didn't want to go. Yeah. It, it kind of felt that way. It felt like it meandered. It felt jumpy. I was like, the, the premise of it kind of was I just didn't get into it yeah. the first two though I really liked a lot um, there's somebody, so, there's yeah, David <laughs> yep we were, yeah. we were just fixing to get off <laughs> Brian said, no no David but David's going to come on <laughs> I am yeah. going to come on I'm here, what are we talking about but, but you know, I mean there's still other books there's Lab Rats which looks no, interesting but I've never read Oh my gosh, what did I get into? We're talking about lab rats? <laughs> there's there's that uh, JLA Confidential storyline that he and Roger Stern did. And we still could talk about the 10th circle. I've never read that. Well, there's there's uh, like Trio, there's... Uh, what's the other one? Uh, the Outer Space when he did. Um, I started reading it. 
uh, highways. Oh, highways. Then there's that one shot. Yeah. Is it 2012 or 2112 or? It's a one shot kind of Baxter formatted. Um, it's got a dinosaur in the front cover. Dinosaur <laughs> <laughs> in the front cover. That's an, I know, that's no, a, no, no. We have to, we have to, we have to talk uh, Superman and Batman generations. Since Brian and I have, yeah, that's what he was just talking about. That he wanted to do. Uh, you know, I know Brian's been talking about that for a while. Well, I think we need to cover some Superman since that's what he's famous for, and we haven't covered a Superman book in forever. But you know. I know there's like the back to the bin style, like you just pull something out and you're gonna read it, but some of this stuff I'd really like to, I know I'm coming in late, so just discount everything I say, because obviously I had a few <laughs> drinks, we watched The Tomorrow War, which I highly recommend. Um, I started it oh. yesterday and finished it today. Ha 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 ha. It's it's a long movie. We started it tonight, but it ran into today. Uh, but I, I would like to do, like, some back-to-back stuff, right? Like, Man of Steel, you know, do one through, you know, one through six. You know, back-to-back-to-back, cover the whole thing, you know, over the course of a couple weekends and kind of give it an overall rating. You know, same with Generations. I haven't read Generations in forever. So I, I'm I'm sure it'll be like an old TV show where you start reading it and, and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember this. But it's been so long if somebody asked yeah, me. Yeah, I don't think I, I've read three i've read I one could. and two i don't think i've read three um but yeah you're you know david like we did with dark phoenix you know we covered those four or five or whatever right. did you know so yeah you could do uh you know you can you could honestly do two issues if you don't go with two in depth you could do two issues an episode and if you're going to do six issues you could do that over three episodes um and just do kind of a, do an arc yeah i think people yeah, I think people like that, too. I mean, I know just personally I like that when a show covers, you know, a miniseries, and I know, like, okay, the next show is going to be, you know, issues, you know, three and four or whatever out of 12, because I think Generations 1 and 2, and, and Brian, you're much better on the burn stuff, but I think the first two miniseries were, like, four issues each, but that third one is wasn't in a maxi series. It was 12 issues. Yeah, we were talking about that a, a while ago, just how... He got to do one and two the way he wanted to, and then uh, Generations 3, the editorial came in and kind of told him how they wanted it done. And it just kind of blew up the whole thing. Flow. And John was saying, yeah, he's having a hard time getting into it because of that. It's obvious that, that Burns' heart wasn't in it as much as it was the first two. Well, John and I are kind of a big deal now. I don't know if you know this, but uh, we, were, we were mentioned yeah. by a comic yeah. creator that listened to yeah. our, our show. Yeah. You guys did a great job on that show, too. I'm sorry I wasn't able to join. We're going to spin off and start That's that right. second-degree burn. <laughs> well, well, I guess me and Brian will go back to being second-degree, and you, Kirk, and John can be third-degree. <laughs> and Kirk is just the first No, no, first Kirk's, Kirk's with them, so they're third-degree. <laughs> oh, okay. Something uh, else I think we could cover as a... As you know, a I don't like again, We should do Legends. We could do that. That's six mm-hmm. issues. Yeah. We could do legends. Legends. I, yeah, legends. Legends would be one of those things that you want to bring in several pe- people in. You know, I I know Scott Gardner and several other people that the freaks would really like to talk about those. Well, there you I, go. I, start start planning a fall crossover there, Brian. 
No, that's not me. Somebody else is doing that. I did the last one. <laughs> I did the last two. I did the last three. Come on. Then your experience. Well, we could we could that in meantime. What are you talking about? We we did the yeah. last crossover too. We did the two old green books. Well, well, that thing that's just because this Derek reached true. out to you, Brian. You're you're kind of our face man. You're kind of the Stan Lee of this group, so you're you know you're out there promoting it. Um, oh, Derek, yeah, Derek, Derek Crab Crab. Patty or whatever his name. So is. that means when you're so that means years from now, people are going to be blaming you and saying you took all the credit. Uh. <laughs> you know what? I'm looking through our list here, and I don't think I've ever read Genesis. 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 No, no, no. There's a reason for that. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. That's what the dinosaur to cover, right? Is that right? No, no. Genesis was uh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, new gods thing. Yeah, and and you know it's funny because uh, they were just talking. Burn was talking about the uh, Jack Kirby's Fourth World omnibus that came out. Yeah, he did. Um, He did like 20 issues back in the 90s of. And he got his uh, comp copy today oh and he was very disappointed in oh it. of course he was because well number one it's just a whole bunch of different art and writing styles it wasn't just him it was all the other stuff around it and they even included genesis in there which is a mess he says from top to bottom and then the volume pres- this is per burn the volume preserves the poor printing of the original publication which also blighted wonder woman i always wondered about that and i guess he's right he goes, I was experimenting with some different inks and tools, and all the lines were black, and the pages, uh, I, on the pages I turned in, the camera read many of them as gray, and they dropped out. Hmm. The people in production made no effort to adjust for this, too much, you know, like actually yeah. doing their jobs. All in all, while it's good to have the work all in one place, I'd have been happier if it was about half as thick. Rumble over can't he just be happy that his stuff is still getting reprinted in omnibuses? He's got to get a pretty fat check for that, because they're not cheap. I mean, he wants things the way he wants them. It's part of who he is. Well, you know what doesn't everybody, Brian? (sighs) Yeah, but, you know, somebody out there is making Sheldon spaghetti with the little pieces of hot dog cut into it for a reason. You know, we talked about, too, about because I haven't read much of his Star Trek stuff. Mm -hmm. Um... You know, we covered Frontier Doctor, but I think we had had a conversation before about, uh, I'm looking through our list here, Star Trek Romulans, the Alien Spotlight, the Assignment Earth crew. Didn't you say those were like all connected? Well, yeah, the Assignment Earth has a a, a crossover into, um, yeah, crew. And, um, golly. There's Star Trek Romulans Hollow Crown, just two yeah. issues. The Schism is three issues. Romulans Schism, mm-hmm. and they did Star Trek Alien Spotlight Romulans. Did two of those, and then the Assignment Earth Crew, Frontier Doctor, and then all the new Vision stuff. Which I gotta yeah. check. I gotta, I gotta order those trades because I, I hate to say it, I sold off um, all of my copies of New Vision. I think they're all gone. Because I was, I was hoping they were going to print them in like a nice hardcover. They they collect like three or four issues well, in one, but it's not hardcover. It's a softback. Yeah. And then the, does the John Byrne omnibus have any of the new visions in it? No. It just has all the hand drawn. 
but what the one the, the one we got signed in Dallas, Brian? That's the like the omnibus of of all the yeah the Fumetti stuff. Yeah, or, and drawn. Oh, it, it is. Isn't it? Yeah, because yeah, yeah, that's what he was signing right, yeah. with. But it's slot, right. Yeah, right, it's not. It's why he was there with Shatner. That's right, and then the right. other one was a hand drawn, because I got I got yeah. both those. Yeah. Yeah, they've only re- reprinted them as trade paperbacks. That's it. And Tim was right. They only, they only yeah. collect three issues in a trade. I mean, they, they are long yeah. books. To be so fair. I've got a couple of the trades because I was missing some of the the singles. Uh, but I'd, I told them I'd like to do some more Star Trek. You know, we could do you know, uh, you know, we can do more arcs of certain, you know, certain things. We can sort of just and occasionally pull some, you know, uh, there's a ghostwriter he did that I kind of like to, you know, that's early burn. There's a ghostwriter I like to, like to cover. Um, kind of like we did with Space 1999 or um, 2000, uh, uh, not 2001, um, Doomsday Plus One that we covered. You know, some of that early, mm-hmm. early yeah. Johnny our, our hardcover omnibuses are going for like 250 oh. bucks now. Are those signed? Are those even signed? Even auto- autographed. Yeah, yeah. Autographed, yeah, by Shatner and, and Chris Burn, Royale, yeah. remember? We had him. He goes, <laughs> Not mine's, yeah. mine's he says, autographed. Yeah, he said, you want me to sign that? We said, yeah, <laughs> you were part of it. Sign it. <laughs> so, Which yeah, omnibus? The, the, the new, new Visions. That's the, 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 the big... Hardcover. It's it's oversized, uh, isn't it? Book that, uh, yeah, it's oversized, and it's, um, they they released it uh, when Shatner started when uh, Burns started going to those conventions, the one in Canada, Canada, Boston, and Dallas, um, Dallas. And this and, is a Star uh, Trek New Visions hardcover. Yeah, but it was a, a limited print of five hundred. Oh, you that's know. Why. And so, yeah, you can't get it. You can't get it new. You can only get, you know, that you know, re- rebought. And um, so they've all been pretty much autographed by Shatner and Byrne, though they did sign them for us there at the convention. Yeah. When we picked them up, because we picked yeah. them up at the con, right? We, we, it was part of buying your ticket. You got the book. Yeah. And yeah, they, that's they right. Them, they get to sign them, and that's when Chris was there. We said, yeah, go ahead and sign it too. Yeah, it's funny because uh, Shatner wanted my son to become his valet. <laughs> Always looking for me. Remember we had Burn yeah. sign. What, what did we print off? Uh, Burn fan club, or we printed something that we had. Well, the yeah, our badges. Um, we were able to print them off with the Burn thing on. Sign, it, yeah, he would autograph you that know, too. autograph it for you. And I remember because I went up there and he goes, "Oh, <laughs> you're Brian Hughes." Like he knew who I was. You was son cool. of a bitch. Well, you know, <laughs> one time he mentioned our podcast, he was not very forgiving. No, because it was the the Red yeah. Baron story. Oh, you well, guys don't the know Baron. their history. Yeah, we don't. No, we didn't know the character. And I mean, that was a DC character that had been around forever, but we didn't know that. And I find that out, you know, after the fact. But the fact of the matter was, we didn't know the character, and he, he was like. He started listening to it when he realized we didn't know what we were talking about. Yeah, of course. Oh, it was yeah. Enemy Age. It was that or silent, right? yeah. Christmas, silent Night story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And and you know, it just uh, it, that's just the worst episode for him to go in and start trying to listen well, to us on. Let's be honest. He he would have listened to any of it. I don't think he would have liked any of our episodes just because he would find something. I think if we, you know, he would say, "Well, we're too critical, or we don't know what we're talking about," or if we were just it was if it was we. You know, if it was a Chris Farley show, we were just gushing over everything he did, and he would accuse us of being. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Remember, do you remember that time? Hey, I did want to ask you guys if you if you had seen the the two recent controversies. Um, speaking of DCs, so uh, uh, are you guys familiar with uh, Jonathan Kent, who is the son of Superman and Lois? who was conceived during Convergence when Superman didn't have his powers. Is he one of the two? About this. No. Superman's got two kids now, right? Or got a kid? Got nothing nothing to do with the, nothing to do with the the TV series. No, the, yeah, the TV series is like, yeah. I mean, they use his name, but that uh, the, the other emo kid, I don't know what that is all about. Jordan. Yeah, well, Jordan. Superman, right? I mean, uh-huh. comic Superman's got a kid sense? and Batman's got a kid, right? Okay. Yes, so Superman has Jonathan Kent, and then uh, Batman right. has Damien, um, which that's a whole convoluted, like, almost R-rated origin story for Damien Wayne. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Jonathan Kent, who was conceived during Convergence when superheroes were under these domes and they didn't have their powers, which is why, you know, Lois could give birth to, you know, a, a kid by Superman. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole diatribe but post-convergence um superman's father kal-el comes back he gets snatched out of time they go on some adventures together and then he ends up taking jonathan along for some adventures and uh in the process they they end up in a like a time warp type thing or Jonathan is stuck and when he comes back he's aged up so instead of being like 10 he's like 16 well they're making the they they, they were laying Superboy. the groundwork for Jonathan Kent yet becoming the new Superman basically so the, there's a new Superman book launching uh, called uh, Superman Son of Kal-El and it's an ongoing series by uh, Tom Taylor and John Timms and in it, you know, Superman's famous saying, right? Truth, justice, and the American way. Well, Jonathan Kent says truth, justice, and a better world. And so, of course, panties were in bunches everywhere. Pearls were clutched across the globe because, heaven forbid, Superman's kid doesn't have the same outlook no, that, his da- <clears throat> yeah, that his dad does. You know whether you agree with it or not personally i don't care you know to me truth justice in the american way is superman's thing you know and his kid has truth justice and a better world you know to me that's a little more worldly. when was the last time they actually said truth justice in the american way the last time i remember them actually saying it overtly for superman was superman the movie it's been i mean even in superman returns they avoided saying it is he back for truth, justice, all that stuff, you know? Yeah. They, they've tried to shy away from it because, you know, there's that black eye or whatever that they, you know, that uh, writers and liberals don't want to bring forth. So I don't, I don't know if it's liberal, I think. 
it, it's definitely a liberal it. thing because if it's conservative, it's like, God damn it, it's America. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, it'd be true justice and God. Yeah. And God. <laughs> Guns and Bibles. Um, yeah. and, and no abortions. But, uh, you know, I, I personally don't care. You know, I remember reading a story, and I think they republished it in a trade paperback that was, uh, I don't, it's not Grant Morrison. Who wrote Truth Justice? What's so funny about Truth, truth Justice in the American Way? No, no, no. Let me pull that up. That's 775. That should be Action 775. <coughs> yeah, they, rec- they, they they just recently republished it, like last year, maybe the year before. And I remember reading those issues as a kid and thinking, yeah, what? Why are? Why have we become so cynical? You know about everything and i think that's part of what's playing in here is that you know most people don't there's not that same kind of american pride that we used to have now everybody gets all hopped up around july 4th but most of the time people are not singing the praises of the country well, you know all I mean, we can think about is what's wrong with it we live in an age where you know whenever you think of People at a game shouting out USA, USA, you think of Homer Simpson doing it, which then tells you you shouldn't be doing it, you know? Yeah. And and, and the thing is, is because it's not, it's kind of like we, we've allowed the idea of America to be taken over by the idea of the American government. And we recognize that the American government has so much corruption in it that, and that was Joe Kelly that wrote that. Um, but you know, the American government's got its own level of corruption in there, and so as a result, we can't sit there and say the American way because what part of our society do we allow to represent the American way? Well, I think, way? and I can't, I'm not trying to get political here. Uh, it <coughs> seems that the portrayal of uh, flag waving and that kind of old-fashioned, uh, you know, hooray for America—that very patriotic uh, stance—it seems to be associated with kind of the far right, and that's not, you know, yeah. that's and that's bad, and that's you're five steps away right, from becoming that's a bad. proud boy, you know. So it's like almost like either you're a bear, you know, you're afraid to to show it or talk about it or because you're afraid how you may be betrayed. So it's 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 kind of like... Well, and, and, yeah, and that's where I think the cynical part comes in because, you know, growing up in the time that I grew up, I mean, even then you knew that, okay, you know, well, Captain America's version of the United States and Superman's version, you know, in their head doesn't really exist. You know, it's the ideals yeah. that we should strive to. Um you know, and so what? You know, reading that. And the reason I just bring it up is because people were just so upset about. You know, how could he not say? You know, the famous catchphrase, and it's like, you know what? He's his own person. Well, he can say it, his own thing. If and anything, so he's got it shouldn't be truth, justice, and it should be. He shouldn't say truth and justice. It should be something complete. Just say a better whatever. You know, don't don't even yeah. kind of co-op a little bit of your father's uh, saying. But um, so is. Is Clark retiring, or there's going to be two Superman, or what, what's the? That hasn't yet to be re- has yet to be revealed yet. Um, he is going to show up in a new series, um, Superman and the Authority, 
if you remember them from Wildstorm. Oh, the Storm. Authority? The Authority. Well, they don't necessarily see... Yep. I don't see them seeing eye-to-eye with, <laughs> with Superman. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and I, that's, that's, what, that's what I'm excited to read, you know, excited to read it to see if it's actually good, because, yeah, his, his mores and no, values they, they, are not going to match up with theirs. Wasn't, wasn't the Authority Garth uh, Warren Ellis. Yep. And Warren Millar. Mark Millar is when it came and kind of really took it over after issue 12. And uh, it was Mark Millar and Frank Quitely. Uh, and it got really dark and violent. Um, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. <clears throat> so, so some, something happens to Superman where he is not in the present day. Oh, That's okay. all we've been led to understand. Some something happens to him. Where so he's not his son around. has to kind of fill that void. Okay. Yep. Yep. Which means he'll eventually Superman will come so, back, yeah. and then he'll be like, uh, "Hey, Dad, I, I you know, I, I did my best while you're gone. <laughs> I held down the but, I held down and the his, floor and while you're gone. be like, "Well, son, you did a good job. How would you like to keep being Superman, and you can just call yourself Super Lad or uh, Super Son?" Or something, and we'll we'll fight crime together. Superman two. <laughs> well, that was the title of uh, Jonathan Kent and Damian Wayne's oh, book yeah. was Super Sons. That <laughs> um, was actually pretty good before they before they aged up Jonathan Jonathan Kent because Damian and and Jonathan Kent are roughly the same age, so it was their going out and having adventures kind of under the nose of their their parents. But so we had that controversy, and then there was another one. Captain um, America about. Uh, oh. Nope. Uh, yeah. Well, that that one too, uh, but this one's about Wild Dog. <laughs> so uh, there's a new book coming out from DC Black Label called Suicide Squad Get Joker. Um, it's an oversized, you know, kind of magazine style. Their Black Label books are for mature readers. Um, it's the one if you remember when they launched it. It was Batman Damned. And the artist snuck in a picture yeah. of Batman's junk because he was changing, you know, from his crime-fighting costume into regular clothes, and then everybody had a hissy fit about it. But anyway, in this new series, Suicide Squad mm-hmm. Get Joker by Brian Azzarello and Alex Maleev, um, has the character Wild Dog, which, if you remember him, um, as a member of the Suicide Squad, and in it, he's boasting of having led the January 6th insurrection on the Capitol oh. building. Oh, my gosh. You and know, in doing... I think I think Tim and I are two of the few Americans who might actually have the copies of issue I've one. I've got all four issues of it, and I never <laughs> haven't read them. I bought them, never read it. Why I bought it, I don't know. <laughs> Me either. So, so it goes on to say that in the issue... Um, during the insurrection, Wild Dog was the one that defecated on Nancy Pelosi's desk. <laughs> um, yeah. So as you can imagine, the creators of the character, Max Allen Collins and Terry uh, Beatty, oh, they're I not happy about it. <laughs> and it says, uh, uh, Max Collins... This is a quote from him. My first reaction at discovering Wild Dog had been recruited in the Suicide Squad as the leader of the January 6th insurrection uh, as a defecating Proud Boy-style seditionist was bewilderment and shock. Basically, huh? That quickly grew to rage, expressed mostly as F-blank DC and F-blank the writer. 
I share these sen- sentiments with Wild Dogs artist, co-creator Terry Beatty, and he basically tried to calm me down, but obviously it gradually worked him into a, <laughs> a rabid lather, too. Uh, <laughs> um, he goes on to say, and there's, there's a lot more, but I'll stop after this. Uh, for me, it settled into disappointment and disgust. Wild Dog was conceived as a homegrown costume hero. No cape, no cowl, just what he could put together out of such items as a hockey mask with its Jason resonance and body armor and real world stuff from a hardware store and a home workshop. The usual what if all fiction writers operate from. What if somebody decided to actually become a costume hero? But what's... So, yeah, so DC <laughs> finds itself in trouble for two different things, which... This one to me is like, well, you know what? You create a character's work yeah. for hire. You don't have you don't have any control over it, so this is what can happen, right? You know, somebody comes in. We've talked about this before. They open up the toy chest. They look at the toys and they go, "Okay, I'm going to play with these ones and these ones." Yeah, Wild well, Dog even wound up on um, in the Arrowverse. He was on. on yeah, on the he was. Show, yeah. Well, he's kind of wasn't yeah. he a, you know, and the writer wasn't he a vigilante like the Punisher, or was he? I think, or is he yeah. more of a Casey Jones? Pretty much. From Turtles, yeah. Kind of a combination of both. But we've talked about this before, you know, the writers and artists, when they're working with, you know, IP from, you know, the, the big companies, you know, they pick out their toys, they play with them, tell the story they want, and then they got to put everything back to the status quo. Yeah. Typically, you know, 99.5% of the time, they got to put everything back. So, you know... At the end of the day, it's Wild Dog, right? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's not. Yeah. I'm sorry to the creators <laughs> and such, right? You know, like he's uh, D-list. Yeah, it's that. Yeah, it's that. Yeah. You know, so it, who knows? Maybe this will raise his prominence. I also thought, you know, this is another one of those knee-jerk reaction things where, you know, Brian Azzarello is a super good writer. So to just take it on face value, you know, or just the first blush at this. We don't know what kind of story he's going to tell with Wild Dog. Maybe he goes through this journey and discovers that what he did was wrong, you know, and tries to make amends for it. Right? Well, as long as it's not written way. in there just as for shock value and to kind of get exactly what is getting attention, whether it's good or bad, and it's going to drive people to the book. Who knows, Brian? Maybe our uh, back issues will go up in value. <laughs> No, because I think right now I have to pay to keep it in my collection. Uh, I should dig it's mine that, out and sell them. They're probably hot right now. <laughs> All four issues of it. Let's see. Wild Dog number one is going for... Okay, it's slabbed. It's like thirteen dollars. Wow. I think. Wow. <laughs> it probably costs more to slab it than than that. Yeah, it does. It does. I say it's fifteen. It's fifteen bucks to get a comic slab. Oh my god. That's not including shipping and what he paid for the comic. That's too funny. But yeah, so so yes, and and. Tim, you mentioned the Captain America one. Did you? No, I, I just thought it? that was your other. And I just, I just heard somebody talk about it on YouTube about how um, same thing. They were, it's a lot similar to the Superman thing. How they're changing. You know, Captain America no longer believes in the American dream, um, and that it's uh, Captain America. He's, he's done that several times when he did the Nomad and then the U.S. Agent. 
or, or yeah, the cap. But I think that was capped. that was more yeah, him, not that him being disillusioned with the government. He never, but I think he always, to what David said, it's always been, and I think he said this in the comic that that his he's dedicated to the idea, not necessarily the America, but the idea of what America can become. You know, and that's what that's his driving force. And I think in this one, it's not that he's kind of turned his back on the government it's like you know he doesn't believe in the dream anymore uh, i haven't read it i just heard you know i just heard a lot of you know typical youtube negative reaction to how could you do this to the character they've ruined him and you know yada 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 well because they're running a mini series right now captain america's shield has been stolen and cap is on the hunt to get his shield but back what the my watch um God, scared the hell out of me <laughs> sound like somebody was right behind me, but it was just my Apple Watch. I hit the button on the side. Suddenly Siri screaming in my ear. Um, <laughs> I found this on the web. What? Uh, so he's on the hunt for the shield, and they're introducing new characters who have picked up the shield and, you know, are actually striving, you know, for the Captain America type ideals, but yeah. in their own way, right? In their own communities. And so that has people up in arms. You know, it's it never changes, right? It's it's when Sam Wilson got the shield right. Well, why should he get it? You know, and then when the guy that um, uh, got it when Cap left and became Nomad, what was his name? He was just in the TV show. Yep, John Walker. Yep, you know, nobody was happy. You know, it's like I don't know. It's it's the it's the the uh, bipolarness of comics readers, right? On one hand, they want everything to stay the same and never change. Then they get mad because everything stays the same. Well, that, and that's not, you know, that, that seems like that's something new now to go with with uh, with social media where everybody can kind of complain about everything instantly. But that's been, you know, since I've been collecting comics, it's always, why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? You know, that, you know, this continuity doesn't make sense. Or, you know, I'm sure when when Dark Knight came out, people were like, why Why is Batman so so dark and gritty? And then now if you made a Batman who was kind of right. lighthearted and more like the Bronze Age, they're like, no, 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 why is he doing that? Batman's dark and gritty. So you, you, to your point, you're not going to make everybody's... And, and, and it seems to be everybody's reaction now, and I blame this on social media, is to get, take it to 11 immediately. Whatever your thing, whatever the problem you've had, whether you you're feel slighted with it or you don't like it, you immediately got to crank it to eleven and really complain about it. Yeah, yeah, right. and it's the right. end of the Absolutely. world. And have, heaven forbid anybody let the story play out, right? It's kind of like, um, oh, was it Secret Invasion, Secret Empire? where everybody went nuts because in the first issue, right, you had Captain America saying, Hail Hydra. Well, if you read the series, that's not our Captain America. That is a different Captain America that basically um, Hydra got a hold of before he was taken in and part of the American super soldier program and basically, you know, right, raised him in their ideals. You know, the running joke was once it was revealed that he was Stevel. Because he was like the evil Steve Rogers, you know, it's kind of the, the, the um, you know, Superman Red Sun, right? What if Superman yeah. had landed in Russia instead of America? Same, same concept, right? You know, as soon as it got to that point, I, 
you know, as a, as a longtime comic reader, that was my first thought was, oh, you know, this is a Steve Rogers if he was raised by Hydra instead of, you know, being surrounded by, you know, um, you know, the family that he came to embrace, you know, not only as a child and the people he was interacting with, but then the military, right, and his whole journey, if that was turned upside down, here's who he yeah. would have turned into. And the story is quite good. Um, you know, not only the reveal that it's not Steve Rogers, but the fact that, I mean, it is, but it isn't, um, how easily people will trust in someone and how he's able to do the things that he does in Secret Empire because everyone just assumes he's doing it for the right reason and never questions him, ever. Well, the, the best the best villains are ones so you, that don't, know, don't think they're villains. They're the ones that think what they're doing is right. That's another thing of, of and again, I point my finger to social media, it's, it's everybody reacts to headlines. Nobody reads. Uh, they're just sitting, you're getting little si- sound bites right. of like, Captain America says, Hail Hydra. And you're like, ugh. You, you know, you freak out. You you get all upset over it. Yeah, that was the thing. Was, it was, well, they made Captain yeah. America a Nazi. Well, if you read the book, and, and if you're a comics reader, you'd know that Hydra didn't didn't give a crap about the Nazis. They just used them yeah. to further their own end goals. You know? But yeah, sorry no, no, no. to interrupt I mean, you. But yes, it's that same knee-jerk reaction of, oh, he's a Nazi now. It's like, no, you idiot. You don't even know what you're talking about. But that gets, it's like clickbait. That gets people to click at articles and to go on Twitter and Facebook and whatever the other social platforms are to complain about something. And that gets attention somewhere. That generate, you know, it keeps this whole big social media engine we've created going uh, because, you know, God forbid it slows down and people, you know, take time to think about something. But nope, nope, we got to keep it going, you know, keep their attention on something else. Right. But. Right. Which I've seen Brian do a few posts on uh, uh, some some of the uh, the pro Facebook you know, or the, the pro websites at doing that where it's like Netflix cancels another hit series. <laughs> I've seen Brian. I think he tried for like a week to <laughs> carry the torch of getting rid of the clickbait and like, you know, saved, saved you a click. Yeah. It's this show or whatever, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, thank God. Every now and then I'll do that if I can. Yeah. Uh, I hate that crap. I do too. Did you guys see before you know we get off? Did you see that they're doing? Uh, there's a Val Kilmer documentary yeah. coming out. Val. Yeah. Val. Yeah, that looks pretty interesting. But I mean, it's stuff that he's put together himself yeah. all these years. Yeah, as which I never. There was a, yeah, go ahead. Well, I never. I didn't. I didn't know that about him. And and I think this is where you're going. Was that you know the trailer? He talks about how he's he's always loved filming stuff with cameras and video cameras. And so evidently his whole career, he was always filming stuff behind the scenes and his, you know, personal life and stuff like that. So you, you, you know, the trailer shows like, you know, like the young Tom Cruise on the set of Top Gun and, you know, all this other stuff. And I'm really interested because I always really liked Val Kilmer as an actor. Um, you know, uh, you know, it's tragic to me that, you know, it seems like he had a lot of issues in his personal life. And then, of course, he had the cancer you know, which took his voice 
Although it sounded like from the trailer that it's coming back, but it's going to be a long road for him yeah. to be able to talk again. In that new Top Gun update, he's credited, but I'm like, what? What is he going to be doing? He's. he's I hope he's. He's. Hmm. He's going to be like. Did either of you see uh, the new Independence movie, Independence Resurgence, or whatever um, it's called? No. Robert Loge no. is in that. <laughs> It's right before he died. And they basically set him in a chair in front of a oh, table. <laughs> doesn't speak. Doesn't really move. But it's like almost like they filmed the corpse. It's, ter- it's pretty, pretty tragic, but it's like, oh. I mean, obviously, Valcomers. Is that. The, wait, I think I've seen that one. Is that the one where they said, like, the Will Smith's son who ends yeah. up being a pilot or whatever, yeah. fighting too? Yeah. Is like, you know, like his yeah, dad. Yeah, Will Smith's just killed off screen. You know, he just, he's, a, he's a portrait on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, that's a way to end that yeah. that character. See ya. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I thought maybe they were going to do with Val, right? That you know, because obviously since the movie's been announced, it was like, where are they now? And you scroll through the pictures of everybody, it's like, oh my god, everybody looks like <laughs> hell. Of course, except for Tom Cruise. Um, you know, I mean that movie is what thirty plus years old. Eighty. 685 86 I think 80, yeah so yeah it's uh, um, well because yeah. I just got a, I just got the magazine the Star Wars Insider and it's the 40th anniversary of the Empire Strikes Back it'll make you feel old yeah which is nuts yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me feel so old well what, what made me feel old today was we were driving I don't remember you're a child old. you're a child hey you just listen to this, mister. <laughs> Enter the Sandman comes on, and, and we're listening to XM Radio or Sirius. I don't know. They're merged together now, and it was like, here's a hit from Metallica from 1991. And I'm like, 1991? What? You're telling me Enter the Sandman is 30 years old? Oh, my God. That's a classic song, though. That sorry. Sadly, you know, I, if I heard it, I'd probably go, "Oh, I know that song," but yeah, I don't know what that means. I don't know any Metallica. Sorry. Wow. That's. We we hmm. just know that they're musical Nazis. That's all. <laughs> that's right. Hail Hydra. Did I say that out loud? That's it. I mean, they're they're. Look. Uh, Looking to see if secondtreeburn.com. Tadoff Switler. I mean, uh, but uh, uh, isn't Metallica responsible? At least one of the guys for helping take down Napster. Yeah. Yeah. And Good were, for him. They were, yeah, they were definitely uh, instrumental in that. They they're the ones that got the ball rolling uh, legally. Good for them. Yeah, I, I'm very anti-piracy. I don't participate and you know obviously we're we're a dying breed in that regard i'm sure if i had my 13 year old nephew here he'd be like oh yeah i can show yeah. you where you can go get that comic yeah. online but that just yeah, but drives that, that, me nuts but and that i cuts talked into to him about that before thing, you gotta, you know, it's not even that i don't care about that i just want the people that created it to get paid you know, you know that in comic books is like the the worst area for that because you know the the original issue sells and then they don't get anything of back issue sales at all now no. digital they get sales trades. 
is Digital. a different matter. Trades is a different matter. But, you know, I mean, trades don't get pirated, do they? Well, I guess they would if yeah, they're digitally If it's a digitally, uh, it's, it's getting sure. pirated. Well, that'd be the same as movies. I mean, yeah, if they, rep- if they you know, they uh, keep producing a film and you're selling it as a DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. But all this, the used copies get, nobody's getting money cool? for that. Wouldn't it have been cool if Siegel and Schuster had gotten like commission on back issue sales? Cool for them. <laughs> well, yeah. I, you know the thing is, if, if there could have been some backdoor way of getting them money that wouldn't, you know, piss DC off, because obviously they worked many, many years to not pay those guys. It's like that with anything, though. I've heard that argument before about, well, well, you know, they don't get any money when you sell a back issue. Yeah, well, Ford doesn't get any money when I sell my car to the next person either. True. You know, neither does GM or Toyota or Honda. You know, nobody does. You know, but that's that's my right as the original consumer of the product. I they got their money. Secondhand market and all. I mean, mm-hmm. You can't you can't meter or measure it because so much is traded behind doors anyway. Well, that'd be like if you know Picasso sold so, a painting and then later it gets sold somewhere else and it keeps going up in value. He's not getting anything off that. He gets his original, whatever. Right. Uh, it's the guys that are that are selling it. You know, so. I know it. It again, it's a stupid thought. It's just you know like one of those hopeful yeah. things that you just like. If there was just some way to make it good for these guys that got so screwed in the past. I mean, they were their own worst enemies uh, in that because they, you know, went along with it and sold Superman before they realized just how big he was going to be. Yeah, but all those guys did up until the 70s um, when people started really taking notice. And there was the merchandising, right, and lunchboxes and T-shirts and... Yeah, you know, none of those guys were getting any cuts, and they suddenly, it was just suddenly just woke. Yeah, they just woke up and went, "Holy crap!" You know, and we've talked about this before that I, yeah. I think some of these big, big uh, movie studios get now own. You know, the, all of this comic IP could easily make it right just by the profits off one movie. Right? They could just fan yeah, money around what, to all these creators and say here you, you saw go what disney did with winnie the pooh you knew that they weren't going to give anybody any extra money unless they absolutely had to well well isn't isn't disney the most great companies statement? are not We're, well don't, i mean don't scott here you said that they they now alan dean foster's <laughs> taking it taking him to court when he gets his day that right there is going to say yeah. a whole lot because when they bought out star wars from Lucas, Lucas, you know, they sit there and they said, well, we don't have to pay any of this old stuff anymore. So Alan Dean Foster stopped getting residuals for sales of Splinter of the Mind's Eye. And he's like, wait a minute, you can't do that. I mean, it's been seven years now and he's sitting there still hadn't gotten a cent. So he's taking them to court and they're saying we're under no contractual obligation to pay you residuals. That was somebody else's deal. Well, there's a big difference between what you can legally do and what what maybe most people consider to be the right thing you know there are you know but, the, but then there's always kind of a fine line there because where do you you have to kind of it's not black and white where do you draw the line do you pay them once do you pay them continually do you uh, you know if a character appeared 20 years ago and there's nothing then suddenly he gets a movie and suddenly he's big and you know companies make a lot of money do you 
uh, you know, do you owe that character something? You know, who who is responsible for it? You know, is the anchor involved? Is the just the right. artist and the writer? You know, does the yeah, it, it is yeah. it is difficult, and I, I use the oversimplification, right, of like, well, they could just fan out money and pay all these guys, which they should anyway, because a lot of these characters have turned into yeah. billion-dollar properties, you know, whether movies or not, right, all the merchandising. Yeah, now, as Byrne has said, DC is much better about paying residuals than Marvel is, and since Marvel, of course, got bought out by Disney, uh, once again, that, you know, puts all that in, you know, murky waters. Well, the only person that had the keys to unlock all of that, and and I know that there's a lot of vilification of Stan Lee, but I was very disappointed in him in his last few years of his life. He's the only one that knew what happened, who did what, um, and could have really set the record straight, and he didn't. Now, I shouldn't, shouldn't be surprised, right, because he was kind of the company guy the whole time. Um, you know, that Marvel was like his baby, but with all the, especially in the latter part of his life, you know, with all the questions around, you know, who created what and who should have, you know, ownership or at least partial crediting for creating character, he never, he never said crap. And now he's gone. You know, he was kind of the last of the, the old guard that was there when really this yeah, all started. started. Here, yeah. You know, the big Roy Thomas is probably stuff. the only one that's probably close to being there yeah uh you know the longest and, and that kind of well roy thomas and kurt busiak who wasn't there all along but you know with being a story and a historian right he uh you know basically probably got better information than most and as i understand he's got a decent relationship with roy thomas so i wouldn't be surprised if they're working on something at least you know hobby hobby wise to to square all that out but you know when you, we got to wait and see what happens with alan dean foster and how his legal case goes because if he doesn't win then they it will probably they settle depending on what he wants but they may settle for a one a lump sum just to keep the publicity down right um just you know just to to, to make make him go away um I don't know. But if they can sit there and, and get it stated in court that they don't owe him anything, then they don't owe anyone anything right. pre-purchase. Well, I'm sure it's in every contract that, you know, if you... Uh, same with me. I was working as a graphic designer. Anything I created for one group, one group owned or the client owned, I didn't own any of that, you know. Right. If, and if, you know, there's a whether it's apocryphal or not. There's the, the the story of the Nike logo that they, when they first started, they got right. some design student to to design it, and I guess they bought it off her, and you know she's like you know because the thing is, do you say okay, design me a logo and pay you fifty bucks and you pay them, and then that lo that logo goes on to become part of one of the biggest brands in the world. Yeah, right. it becomes iconic. So right, or know? and it, I didn't know this, but but they, they apparently appear appear to have settled. They did. Alan yeah. Dean Foster. No, the um, person that did the Nike logo. Yeah. I, I remember reading no, that they no, got paid okay. paid out. I thought. And, and I'm talking about Alan Dean Foster. Oh. <laughs> 
He got paid. And Disney, yeah, they appeared to have made a, a, a they settled the royalty just beyond it. can find out more about this. Which, but, you know, this this is the sad state of affairs, though, is that he's just one writer, right, going up against a multinational conglomerate, mm-hmm. which has floors of lawyers, floors of lawyers, hundreds of lawyers, you know, at least on their own payroll and probably hundreds more as consultants. You know, how is one person, you know, expected to go up against that? I mean, that to me is astounding that he had the cojones to do it. Now, he to, to all of us, right, he's on the right. He should be paid because in Tim's example, if Tim designed something for company A and company B comes in and buys company A, company B acquires all of the, the rights and, you know, properties mm-hmm. of company A and liabilities. So the fact that Disney tried to skirt around that and say, well, we don't have to pay him, that is complete and total BS because if Dark Horse had a deal um, or Lucas had a deal to pay him his residuals for writing the book, one of probably one of the, what would you say, Brian, one of the top five or top ten Star Wars books? At least top ten, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the first yeah, expanded you know, universe, universe book. Um, yeah. Right. For Disney to say, oh, well, we don't have to fulfill that obligation. I mean, that's total well, crap. Yeah. When you buy a company, you take on all of their assets and liabilities, unless it's stipulated that the liabilities were not included in the acquisition. Who are, I don't know. Yeah, who knows what... what um, I guess it'd be the same as if you bought, like, if, you know, if Disney bought 20th Century Fox or bought a big chunk of it. Are they still paying royalties to those films to the actors and I guess other directors get other directors get royalties um, however that works you know they, sure they, they would have to continue to pay unless like you said David it was part of uh, uh, because think about it it wouldn't for the company selling it that's not a point that they would they would there would be no contention because they would care I don't care yeah sure we don't you know we'll agree to you don't have to pay these guys because we're, we're having to pay them we don't like it and the person buying the company. Well, it's all all in, in yeah. all in the contracts. Yeah. Like you know, when they did Star Trek the original series, you know, they don't get any royalties for that at all. You know, some people are sitting there trying to say Shatner's rich because, you know, he's get got all the gets all the Star Trek money, and he goes, I don't get anything for the TV series. Because I don't not, think those rerun that that wasn't in place yet. They're, because the idea of reruns, right. they had syndication. Syndication, come up, yeah. So reruns, yeah. I'm sure that's, um, and I'm sure it's the same with, you see it all the time with, you know, a, an actor goes in and does a film, they don't know if it's going to be big or not, and they usually sign a three three film deal. The film is huge, so by the time the third film comes around, they're negotiating for more money. Yeah. Right, renegotiating. It's like, yeah, yeah I know yeah. I agreed for yeah. this much money, but now it's huge, I want more. And yeah, and, and, and the human condition part of you is, you know, we always go, yeah, you know, like that guy should get paid because that movie made one point two billion dollars, you know, like and he only got paid 10 million, you know, and without him, you know, there's no movie kind of like the Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Iron Man thing. Right. You know, like people are like, oh, my God, look at how much money he got paid. Well, fuck yeah, because he became Iron Man. He launched the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, if he had flopped that. That, we might never have had any of the Marvel movies, right? Because the studios could have looked at that and went, eh, people yeah. still don't want superhero well, movies. Right, right, and you don't know because if you're going to pay, you know, 
numbers. So you drop down Gigi, for instance, he gets paid, you know, a million dollars to do an Iron Man because they don't, he wasn't big. He's kind of making a comeback. He had some problems. Nope. They don't know if this movie's going to be big or not. And I'm sure he. The yeah. studio didn't want it. I think it was Favreau that was kind of fighting for him. And insurance companies, yeah, studios weren't, the uh, insurance yeah. companies didn't want to insure him either for the film. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, his history was really pretty freaking And, I, I'm, and I'm sure contracts yeah. now probably would say, okay, you're going to sign a three-movie deal. If the second movie grosses over this much, you'll get a, this much of a bonus. If if it, over, you know, right. or you'll get a percentage, you know, that's, that's easier for them. You get like a, whatever it is. You get so many points. Um, yeah. The back end. I remember back then before Iron Man, I would say, you know, it's like if Robert Downey Jr. were to die today and go to hell, he'd be stuck in front of a VCR playing less than zero over and over. <laughs> and Robin Williams would be in the thing right next to him watching Mrs. Doubtfire Ooh. over and over. Well, it's like Lucas, which was, you know, talking about foresight when he was doing Star Wars and he... I'm not <laughs> saying they're going to hell. That's that's not that. Thank right. you for qualifying that, uh, Satan. When he went to uh, Kenner to try to get his toys, and I think they were gonna they were gonna buy out. Or no, 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 no. When he went to 20th Century Fox to get the money for Star Wars, he said he wanted to keep the toy rights. And at that point, they were like, "Yeah, okay, we don't care." And now look at him, you know, he's, you know, he struck a deal with Kenner. And same with um, with uh, uh, IBM when they were trying to, and uh, Bill Gates, and they were producing the computer, and he wanted to keep the rights, he wanted to own the rights to the operating system. And they thought, well, the money's in the computer, not the operating system. You know, that's just not, no, you know, <laughs> you can't predict not knowing that, you know, except Gates obviously was smart enough to realize that, no, no, no. The computers are next to nothing. It's the operating system is going to cost more money. No, and I'm sure, you know, history is real with the bodies of the less successful, yeah. right? We just don't know. Um, I was watching a Batman 89 documentary because, of course, there's still a lot of buzz about because there was a couple of photos that released of Michael Keaton on the set of the, the, the Flash yeah, movie. One came out of a poster of him in the Batman 89 costume. Yep. And uh, so there's been some of this documentary stuff come, uh, that's come out about um, that was shot during the, the time of the movie and how there was so much backlash about Michael Keaton playing Batman and people thought that, you know, the studio had lost their mind. And then, you know, with Jack Nicholson signing on to play the Joker. And by the way, he didn't take a huge salary. He took a back end deal yeah. on that movie. Made so 60 he, million. Yeah, he got paid big time. <laughs> um, but that was, yeah, it, that was biggest movie paycheck ever at that point, wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah, and I, I mean, don't he, think he, anybody's really passed that. He was really smart to to believe that in the success of that that movie. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's I, you know hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? It's kind of like people going, "Man, I wish I would have bought," you know. Mine for bitcoins when you could do it on your laptop computer at home and get, you know, bitcoins every, you know, 10 minutes or something. You know, step on your point there. I'm sorry if I did. Oh, not at all. Oh, okay. Okay, good. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. Uh, Well, I got to tell you guys, I'm fading fast. Yeah, I got to. Me too. It's not as light for me. It is for you guys, but... uh... 
but David, what were you drinking tonight? I understand you you enjoyed imbibed some uh, <laughs> spirits while watching the Tomorrow War, which is a good movie, by the way. Yes, yeah, very throwback to um, I would say like the '90s action flicks. You know, I, I, I we'll have to ha- have it on the next CNC, but I I enjoyed it. It was a throwback to the old action movies. It was very Aliens ish. I've heard it compared to being um, to Independence Day. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a mixture of all those Better things. Better production you know? than Independence Day. Oh, for I'd sure. Say. Yeah. Yeah, the CGI is great. The the villain aliens are great. Um, you know, the plot. You know, there's more holes in it than Swiss cheese. But if you just if you just watch it to be entertained, it's great. Yeah. Um, could could be the the Knob Creek that I am enjoying yeah. tonight, which is a delicious. Yeah. I believe it's a bourbon, yeah. I've seen it, I don't think I've ever tasted it. It's very good. Or a fine sour mash. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, well, I'm glad I got to come on and keep you guys Yeah, yeah, I'm glad. Here. Well, yeah, glad we did to be here. Literally, yeah. we were minutes from getting off, but it's... Um, uh, like I... <laughs> you, were, you were minutes from getting off? Right. Yeah. I, knew I did, too. <laughs> I just knew it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I delayed your release. Oh, wow. there's our there's our explicit tag right there. <laughs> well, who was talking about their knob, David? So. <laughs> oh, I really enjoyed my knob tonight. Um, but I got to share it with oh, my wife. Okay. So, you know. <laughs> Actually, my wife oh, really? not drink at all. Fun fact. Wow. Nope. Nope. Well, somebody, somebody's going to be so, a designated you know, parent. That's fine. You know, that is true. If uh, on a night like tonight, you know, if one of the kids, you know, fell out of bed and cracked their head open, uh, I would not <laughs> be taking them to the hospital. No, there's that there's that special parent power. You know, your kid's crying immediately. You're like at, yep. you know, level 100. <laughs> like, huh? What? Huh? What? Yeah, uh, before we go, I want to say happy birthday to Stephen Wilcox. Uh, he's the admin of the Burn Victims Facebook group. Uh, his birthday's today, or yesterday, actually, uh, when we started this. And on Saturday, he's signing books at some uh, comic book shop in Amarillo, Texas. And I would have driven there to see him if I could, but uh, life just intruded too much. Ain't that the way it is. Happy birthday, Steve. Life didn't find a way for you, Brian. No, life found ways to get in the way. Ah, but my son turns four oh, on Sunday. Wow, that's a big deal around here. Oh, excellent! You know, yeah, growing so up you, fast. You, know, you should have a car soon, and pretty soon I'll be <laughs> putting right. him to work in the fields. He's got uh, to quit school and go work at the uh, country store to help sports family. That's right. <laughs> or the that's comic right. store, I should say. Oh my gosh. He's always been, you know, a big boy. He's a he's a very big for his age, and even when he was a baby, he was a big baby. And <laughs> the joke was when he came out, you know, he's he swaddled up. Now, mind you, when my daughter was born, she was tiny, like tiny, like five, a little over five pounds, very tiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son comes out, you know, he's <laughs> just a brick. Yeah, you know, you know um, he was destroying stuff on the way out, and. 
when he was all swaddled up, all I could think of was, uh, and I can't remember what show it came from, but it was like some goofy looking guy. He's like, I love you, daddy. <laughs> That's all I could think of. And even now, when I look at him, I love you, daddy. Because he's just so dang big. But he's cute and well, funny that's, and smart. That's so. for and that way he can. I'm pretty sure he's yeah. pretty sure he's mine. We'll get the, we'll, we'll get that DNA test <laughs> to you. That's, that's right. <laughs> I love you, Daddy. <laughs> All right, and that's a good time to sign off. So <laughs> I want to say happy happy early birthday to David's son, and <laughs> I love you, Daddy. Hope you guys have a good weekend. We'll get back to our regularly scheduled program <laughs> real soon. Good night. <laughs> Good night. Thanks for listening. You can find us and many other great shows at tutufreaks.com. That's T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S dot com. Third Degree Burn is spelled with the number three, R-D-D-E-G-R-E-E-B-Y-R-N-E, and is part of the Tutu Freaks network of shows. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Third Degree Burn, spelled with the number three, and Burn spelled B-Y-R-N-E. Compliments, complaints, and recipes can be sent to gotta get burned at gmail.com that's g-o-t-t-a g-e-t b-y-r-n-e-d at gmail.com drop us a line and tell us how we're doing Till next time this has been third degree burn some men aren't looking for anything logical like money they can't be bought bullied reasoned or negotiated with some men just want to watch the world burn